again to the glitchiest podcast on the internet, the Pixel Response Podcast. I am your host, and with me, as always, is Nathan. Hey! Hello. Hey, Glitch it. Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. That's our term. Just like, in the 90s, it was bitchin'. Now it's like, glitchin'. Yeah, because that's the internet it, age. So that's right. Glitchin', hot new video tribute to the original. Anyway. Hey. Hey. How, how, are you, how, how have you how's been? It going? I'm doing good. This week's been interesting. It's um, been an interesting week. Yeah. Uh, there was a job interview at this little company you may have heard of. Don't say uh, the name. I won't <laughs> say the name, but thanks for looking out for me and helping me out on that front. Um, so paperwork. I, I think you should that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, there is a lot of paperwork to start off, isn't there? Yeah. Like the new hire shit. And I guess, like, I was kind of a little, like, I hope my competency at filling out this paperwork in no way reflects badly on what I then have to subsequently do as part of the actual job. Um, right. Because some of it's a little, like, uh, I hope I'm filling this out right. Like, for a while, like, it was, like, put the year in here, and it was Y-A, and I was confused. A is Anne in French, so never mind. You just write the year. Like, there was nothing else that had to happen. Yeah. It was just, you yeah. know. We're in a bilingual nation. I forget about that sometimes. But then M had nothing next to it, because I guess it's the same in French. So It must be. Yeah, you're right. Or it also starts with an M, so they're just like, everybody gets this one. So then Was it D slash J? Yes. Okay. It was that. Um but yeah, the M was the one throwing me off, I guess, because it was the odd one out. It was like Yeah. So I was like, did they want something next to this as well? Or do they want it in a specific format? What does this mean? But anyway. Filling out stuff, that happened. That's not, like, the highlight of the week exactly, but the whole process of uh, new job, new horizons, new possibilities, that stuff is... Uh, new podcast recording time, probably. Pro- probably. Because of that, but we'll, um, we'll worry about that when we get to there. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge. I've started, like, ask, answering some questions on the subreddit, which is happening again. That is I a, did see that you did an AMA. I did an AMA and R subreddit because I knew that's yeah. where someone would care to ask questions. So yeah, I've been answering some stuff there. Um, but yeah, this 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 week's had a lot of film stuff that I've been happy about and RPG stuff that I've been happy about. So those are probably this week's been like all video game for me. So perfect. <laughs> you ever, do you ever play this game? This little this little uh, gem called Chrono Trigger. I have. Twice, actually. You finished that twice? You played through it? A couple I times? finished it once, but I played it the first time when I was a kid on the Super Nintendo. I didn't own it, so oh, okay. I didn't beat it. But gotcha. then when it came out on DS, I had like a long plane trip or something, so I just kind of played through most of it then, and ah. then just picked away at it. Cool, cool. But yeah. Um, yeah, I've kind of been revisited. Well, like I played it before um, on the PlayStation which, as it turns yep. out, is the worst version of that game. Absolutely. That, that Except it has anime cutscenes. It does have anime cutscenes, but they put those in the DS version, so now you get best of both worlds. That's um, right. You get the fast-loading times of the SNES and the cutscenes from the PlayStation version. Because, yeah, the, uh, although I, I guess I'll preface by saying like I haven't played the uh, iOS port, which I'm told is terrible, because the controls are totally broken. Well, because so, it's the iOS port. Yeah, like, like I was looking at some so, of the reviews, and it was like, why is Chrono Trigger at like two stars? And it was like, it's because of the controls, and it's really bad. So, 
Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I played it a bit on the PlayStation. It has like crazy loading times. So it's like the whole overworld battle system of like you just get into combat right away. That is kind of ruined by the PlayStation because it's like you activate all the enemies and then there's like an eight second lag and then the battle starts. So getting in and out of battle is kind of super tedious in a way that, that does not help at all. Um, yeah. In the intervening years, like I don't know how long it's been, like seven, eight years or something, I apparently forgot like almost everything about that game's story and what's going on and, and like the flow of it and all this stuff. So it was just kind of basically a brand new experience for me, um, which I've been generally enjoying. I, it's also kind of, I think we talked about this per, personally a bit already, but it's also been an opportunity for me to finally start looking at the Giant Bomb Endurance run of it. Which okay. was kind of a big chunk with of, Ryan uh, Davis. <laughs> with Ryan Davis, so yeah. obviously this has become a very kind of sad, nostalgic experience for poor one out. Reasons. Poor one yeah. out. Man, it's also like this weird thing where like this game is really bring, bringing me back to like junior high. Like kind of, I was playing a lot of JRPGs then, so it's just like friends yeah. that I was seeing a lot back then who I haven't seen in a while. Like it's just kind of conjuring up a bunch of emotions um that's kind of layered over this kind of goofy sci-fi story but um not not super goofy there's some you know gravity there here and there like dude lavos i just found out something important about what that guy's all about yeah the meteor that killed the dinosaurs what wait wait just out of curiosity, because you're kind of like meteor that killed the dinosaurs and blah blah blah. Have you never seen any of the story stuff in this game at all? Uh, past a certain point, no. I want to say so, I okay. I'm maybe getting to a point where I am now into all new stuff, like the, like well, some of the early stuff. I'm, like I guess I was talking to John earlier. Like maybe the first third of the game, I know to some extent, and then after that point, I don't know what's going on. So, so like, uh, after you get Ayla from the prehistoric age? Yeah, basically? I have her on my team. I've been to the Tyrannosaur, like, Tyranno Lair, and yeah. Lavos, the meteor, just hit, and then I went to the Kingdom of Zeal and just kind of powered up my pendant, so now I can finally open all those stupid doors and chests and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm basically revisiting kind of low-level areas and opening up a bunch of stuff and getting sweet gear um like dude i got this thing that can, makes me my mp consumption 75 percent less that's awesome and like that one boosted my health by like half so i put that on frog now that dude has 771 hp it's awesome so who's so, your team you roll with right now uh it seems to be the game is kind of encouraging you to go through a bunch of different characters because each one has their own kind of story right so it's like sure when i was fighting magus i needed to have frog on my team yeah because of the history they have yeah. yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. for that fight against Magus, I had Frog and Buka. And by Buka, I mean Luca, because Buka is the name in the endurance run. They That's put right. these on all the names. And yep. I've been confusing them in my head. Luca, because um, she has a dope fire spell, and she was pretty good at Buka. helping out. Buka. <laughs> yeah, it's Buka, Bobo. Um, <laughs> Bobo, Brog. Brog. It's stupid. But and Brono, right? <laughs> no, Brono. Isn't um, that why it started? Yeah, because they put made him Brono. And they're just like, all right, well, we're just gonna keep this joke going. Um, my my Chrono is named Krasno, which is pretty 
<laughs> oh my god. Because <laughs> it's a five character limit, and I was like, no, I'm staying with it. Like I'm, it's Krasno, and it sounds kind of right. And also, it ends with no, so it's almost like the same thing. Um, right. Yeah. Krasno. Krasno. Oh no, Fox the Kid does not appreciate Krasno. I'm going to type it out for people just in case they don't know. It's Krasno. <laughs> it's it's, it's been Krasno the whole time. without the R. Eventually, when you're playing, you just kind of don't notice it's weird. But uh, yeah, yeah, JRPGs. Um, yeah, so I've been revisiting low level areas, which is a little bit tedious. But um, yeah, I, no, I'm pretty sure it did. I was trying to type in Krasnor, and it wouldn't let me, wouldn't let that happen. So right because yeah. of the character limit. Z N O. So six character limit then. Okay. Maybe that's what it is. Okay. So, Six limit, and that still doesn't let Krasnor happen. Um, mm-hmm. I've run into problems with that before, where that name is a little bit too long. So usually I go Kras, but I was like, no, I'm gonna end with no because it fits. Kras, um, no. Man, how long is this cutscene? It's all of them. Keep going. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, the the Megas fight is pretty much this bit. I saw this a couple times because that dude. Did you me. do the Megas fight yet? Okay, yeah, I was I... gonna say that's usually the point where people are just like okay this game requires more than just omni slashing or whatever his thing is over and over yeah like it's <laughs> so. a little more involved fight like i mean yeah. they have like the jugglers and stuff before that where they switch from magic defense to physical defense that's you, child's play though yeah compared to what magus dishes out which is like you basically need to have frog continually hitting him to weaken his defense and right. then be pay, being really mindful to what his current like shield is, and then it's like okay, fire spell. Now Buka or Luca, sorry, can actually throw a spell at him, and eventually there's the whole charging up, and you can just dish out tons of spell damage and hope for the best when he actually unleashes that weird prism. Um, right. Yeah that that took basically like basically it's like I didn't have anyone with like awesome enough healing stuff and cool attack magic, so I had to just go back to town buy, like, tons of mid-potions and then head back into the dungeon. And then going out and then coming back in was basically kind of grinding, so I leveled up, like, two or three times. And I think on that trip, Frog learned Heal, which is an all-heal spell, which that helped me out a lot and continues to, actually, in stuff I'm doing now. Um, Yeah, actually, okay, so the, the last time I played it, I do remember I did the thing where Chrono switches places with Magus, essentially. So that's, I think, what we're seeing here. Um, or have seen, because this is a little bit lagged, but not too much. Um, so I switched main characters, but I don't remember how that happened. Okay. That's Giannis, right? <clears throat> hmm? Okay, I'm just, like, seeing stuff from the Kingdom of Zeal that I didn't know. Is yeah, this gonna you start know what? Out? Yeah, you know what? I'm changing this right now. Keep talking, yeah, because gonna start we're going to get... We're going to get into some spoiler territory for you specifically, not for yeah. everybody else in the chat who probably has played the game years ago. Well, okay, <laughs> but... I could have scrolled down or something, but uh, yeah, that yeah. was getting dangerous. I, I've seen okay. that before, but it was years ago, so okay. I wasn't really sure what was going on. Let's, but... let's stop there okay. with the video. <laughs> Chrono Trigger is uh, stirring up some kind of nostalgia for just that era of games and that kind of... Okay. JRPG lust I had for a while there. Um, and it also seems like a really cool port of it. And actually, I am enjoying comparing it with the uh, Endurance Run stuff, because they're playing the SNES version. 
So you're actually getting to see like a direct contrast of like, oh, they actually changed the translation of this. They changed this enemy's name. They changed like the little things here and there. Um, and it's also kind of fun to see them get stuck in the exact same areas sometimes. Of just like, yeah, yeah, I missed that prompt too, and ended up just going to dinosaur times because I thought it would be cool, and yeah. <laughs> nothing important happening there. In fact, I like fought through basically an entire dungeon and went to the top of this mountain, and there was nothing for me. And it's just like, right, because you weren't supposed okay. to be there yet. I got some cool helmet or something that I wasn't supposed to have yet, or like mono, some sort of armor. Um, but yeah, like just weird kind of missing the cues. Like it's pretty, it's a pretty linear story for at least the most part. Like for a good chunk of it, it's basically like heavy hint. You should go here next anyway, and then you can kind of go to different time periods and do whatever. But it's easy to lose the plot thread if you start wandering around too much. So yeah, um, but yeah, gen- generally pretty happy with. That. I put about ten hours so far. Um, okay. And yeah, just after that Tyranno layer stuff. So I don't know how far in that is for the whole story but um for the whole story yeah probably a third maybe yeah, a quarter it's, it's a pretty long story <laughs> that's kind of what the vibe i was getting off of what john was saying yeah. he's, he's played it a few times i guess um but yeah i don't know i'm happy to for that to be kind of my new portable gaming experience for the time being um, it's a long one too you picked a good one to waste time with yeah so. and that i'm basically seeing it happen twice by watching someone else play the whole game too like, that's been kind of, like, it's basically like I'll play ahead a lot and then catch up the episodes for the most part. Except there was one point where I was just straight up stuck with that dinosaur thing. So then I was watching what they yeah. did. And then they saw the prompt to go to the medieval age. And I was like, oh, okay. It, I was basically, like, I felt I should check on the medieval time period and see if that bridge has been fixed yet. But... Yeah. like in that time hub there was no portal to that time period so i was just like well that's Mm -hmm. stupid so i guess i'll just go to this other one that i haven't been to yet and no you're supposed to go to the original time gate that you went back to that time period to for some reason i guess i also i don't i don't like some of the stuff where it's like hey you need to go visit specchio in order for this character to have magic like frog didn't have magic so i had to go out of this dungeon talk to this dude and then go back into the dungeon now equipped with magic basically that was the magus thing i actually made two trips i left got him magic went back in almost like figured out the pattern realized i didn't have enough potions went back out came back in like it was just kind of grindy stuff for like an hour and a half there but yeah um, yeah like in that way i'm kind of wondering if this is just like, because I have this history of playing games like this, like, I can deal with that kind of tedious stuff. Like, this seems like that's yeah. the kind of thing that might put off some players of just, like, wait. A newer generation of gamers. Yeah, or just like, oh, are you serious? Yeah. I need to run through and do this all again? Fuck that, I'm moving on to something else. And you're just like, oh, okay. I could see that, actually. You know? Yeah. And, like, yeah, like, just kind of, I'm in the habit of you talk to every NPC, you poke around, and it'll work out. Like, I, I just know that's how it's supposed to work. Whereas if someone's like, oh, I didn't know I was supposed to talk to that guy. It's like, well, had you talked to him yet? You have to talk to everybody. It's like, why would that matter? It's like, that's how these work. I, I don't know. That's just how the stories are told. Um, but yeah, so Crown Trigger. Um, South Park. I've been playing a lot of yeah. uh, that copy of South Park you lent me. 
I guess we'll go with that. Quote unquote. Yeah. Sort of what's happening. Um. So how are you enjoying yourself? First of all, I'm, you have to admit that I was right. It plays a lot better than you would think, and it's it actually grabs you even if you're not a South Park fan. Yeah, I, I I consider myself a reasonable South Park fan. It's just kind of a tempered a bit in the last couple of years. There's been a game in there though, right? Like, kind of reconjures up all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a good bunch of South Park content. I guess the kind of weird thing that like the same way we talked about having a TV show that both of you are watching so you can't watch it without somebody kind of thing. This you know that game now? Well, it's well, kind of the like opposite where it's like Brittany wants to play it so I can't spoil it so I can't play it when she's around. Gotcha. So it's like finding time where Brittany's not here and Paul isn't mm-hmm. playing his games. It's right. Weird. Yeah. But it's fine. Like, I you're, mean, you're I juggling could... two different people right now. Yeah, basically. where it's kind of like, I would have finished this game by now, I'm pretty sure, if I was just left to my own devices, like if this was circa 2008 or something. But yeah. whatever. It's okay to kind of savor it and make it last a bit longer. You um, know, the plus side about this whole new job thing. Yeah. Is that we will very rarely ever be home at the same time. In fact, shared I don't think we ever, we n- won't ever be home at the same time. That's true. Like, there was the one day, so. <laughs> and that's actually the day we're both there. So we're at the same place at the same time, but not, but not home. Home playing Steam games. So, yeah. Right. That's a strange thing. Um, that's a little weird seeing someone else's main character, because my dude has looked pretty different than this guy, but. Yeah, my guy looks cool. This guy doesn't. But anyways, continue. How are you? How far are you so far? Um, just after the abortion clinic, which was okay. kind <laughs> of some of the most gross stuff I've ever had to do. Christmas time game. comes once a year. <laughs> like, yeah, so I don't know. It was like, honestly, I was thinking back to kind of some game podcasts and stuff I listened to and people kind of getting a little cold feet about the Grand Theft Auto V training, like torture thing. And it's just like, okay, like, you had problems with that, whereas I didn't. But now I'm having, like, ooh, grossed out. I can't believe I had to do that kind of stuff with some of the things in this game. Specifically, there's a bit with Randy. And when that goes wrong, that sequence, it's horrifying. And I hated it. It was gross. It's so good. It's so gross. It's so good. It's so good. Like, and then I failed it, like, so many times, so I had to keep doing it, and it kept screwing up in the exact same way, and it was just like, oh, no. So you are, you are officially, I would say, three quarters, maybe a little bit less, two thirds. Okay. Just, when we were talking before, I, like, I was led to think that I was almost done, because I was, like, post-day, like, onto day two kind of stuff. No, you're not. it was like... the alien thing that you were talking about or whatever? Yeah. That's halfway. That's So like, dealing with the Taco Bell situation is the rest of the game, but that's a right. big thing. Let's like, let's not get more specific about that, but yeah, the Taco Bell situation. The Taco Bell situation <laughs> needs to be dealt yeah. with and kind of muster, mustering your forces and all this stuff. And yeah, no, it's, it's definitely been fun. Um, I've been kind of doing a lot of the side stuff for the most part. Apparently I've missed a bunch of Facebook friends already. Like, there's a couple yeah. that are missable, and I've probably missed some, so I'm not going to get that achievement. But Steam achievements, so I don't really care. I'm just going to kind of enjoy seeing what I can. 
And yeah, uh, playing that prompted us to kind of look at the Game of Thrones kind of episodes that lead the into three, this. The three-story arc. Yeah, the console wars yeah. kind of stuff, which uh, yeah. that was kind of fun, just seeing uh, yeah. them riff on kind of that fantasy stuff and also holiday shopping. Black Friday consumerism, consumerism and uh, the console wars. Yeah, yeah. There, there were some fun things in there. And Game of Thrones stuff in general about George R. R. Martin <laughs> kind of putting off the big payoffs to the, an absurd degree. I'm just like, don't right. worry, the zombies and drains are coming. It's just like, okay, but when? Oh, don't worry about it. It's it's coming. And then yeah. classic cleaner jokes and Butter's big problem with the show being like non-threatening, not gay, not erect wieners, just everywhere. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I don't know. Fun stuff. I uh, hadn't watched the show in a while, so that that was a fun trio of episodes. Not the season finale though. I didn't see that one. That is uh something about Butter's. But I, I, I don't know. There's uh, more episodes to be seen, I guess. Yep. And strangely, all of my IP address hiding trickery that lets me watch Netflix from other places, watch like network shows on their websites, does not work with South Park. They still mm-hmm. have Terrence and Philip or whatever telling me to go to some other website. And that website was down. So I don't know what to do. We had to turn to less legal means. So... So, sorry, Matt and Trey, I guess. I don't, I don't know. You guys should lighten up about that, maybe, or whoever's in charge. I don't know. Comedy Central? I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure they're fine with it. I think it's Comedy Central putting the stop on that. Yeah, that's kind of silly, but... Uh, yeah. Cool game, though. Uh, so yeah, or we RPGs. could just move down to the States. We could, yeah, that's I guess we could just option. move to a different country. We're... Uh, since you're since you're technically employed with the same company now as me, we could yeah. get a transfer, maybe. <laughs> I transfer yeah, somewhere. I did see at some point in that material. It's like, oh, interesting, different. I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess we can't get into too much specifics. You will take a hundred uh, an almost hundred percent pay cut though, because they get paid less at the other stations than we do. <laughs> really, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, I talked to some people in like. Uh, San Fran and LA before mm-hmm. about like how much they're roughly making or whatever because we work for the same company and they're like like eight bucks an hour, just what? like like eight like eight bucks an hour. How are you living? Like how are you doing this? They're out in the sun all day doing stuff and whatnot and like this and in like more weather. expensive communities even isn't it? Like that sounds terrible. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure they don't live in expensive community. No, but I mean like but... just if you're in San Francisco inherently kind of thing, right? Los Angeles like From what I hear though, when people talk about living in San Francisco, people that say they live in San Fran don't live in the city. That they live that's ridiculous. In neighboring communities and commute there? Like the Bay Area. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's lower income areas down around there. No, there's different little, like, districts or whatever that are cheaper. Like, they don't live inner city. They live about, like, half an hour out of the city sort of thing and just go in every day. Mm. Which, it would be, like, the equivalent of, like, we lived in Airdrie and there was, like, a train that goes out to Airdrie into inner Calgary. There is a commuter bus or something, right? The BART, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um... Oh, you mean for us between yeah, Airdrie and Calgary? Between Airdrie, there is. Sure there is. Yes, but, there uh, is. Yeah, I've taken it train. before. It sucks. Oh, okay. Because they only leave at certain times during the day, and if you miss it, you're fucked. 
It's just like, like no, just there isn't up. another one for the day. Oh, and each okay. ticket is ten dollars. Oh man. Okay. Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. is. Um, but yeah, so South Park, uh, Chrono Trigger. Try to think if there was. That's kind of it for video game stuff for me. What What have you been playing? You said you're playing a lot. Oh man. Oh man. I stuck to my word. Okay. And I purchased. Kaiba, Ninja Gaiden Z, or Zed. And wow. I played two hours or so of it mm-hmm. <laughs> on stream. And that game is pretty terrible. There, it's amazing some of the dialogue and some of the like written stuff in that game that got through like common sense or editors or anything like that. Okay. There's... It Which is essentially like a 13-year-old prepubescent kid wrote this character. So the story is you're playing Yaiba, who was killed by Ryu Hayabusa, the ninja guiding guy. And you get brought back to life as a cyborg, basically. And there's been an apocalypse. And your main goal is to kill Ryu and, like, kill everything on your way there. Okay. Okay. See that yawn right there? Yeah. No, <laughs> no I'm sorry. That it's, was just oxygen and stuff. But yes. It's okay. a zombie slasher game. But um, the animation style grates on you for a wh- after a while. First of all, it kind of looks like kind of neat the first time you see it or the first few times you see it or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But like then you realize... And, yeah. yeah, but then you realize that like... The reason why Borderlands and stuff looks decent is because it has it's very cleaned up. Like it's kind of a animated, like grungy world they put together, but it doesn't look like complete garbage. Mm-hmm. Whereas this just kind of looks like garbage polished up, and then after a while you see through that facade and you're like, no, this is just garbage. Like it just <laughs> kind of not even polished. You just kind of faked it. Kind of. Like, okay. a lot of it looks like uh, cleaned-up storyboards. Mm. A lot of the gameplay and stuff, and that's kind of gross, but... And this is a $60 title. Like, it's It not... is a $60 title. Like, this came when right I saw out it, I was like, the oh, Pixel it's response money for science. <laughs> yep. For, <laughs> so, so, like, weird, bad game that no one will stream, probably. Maybe. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah. But, um, So the writing... Of... Mm. Is it, like... A lot of terrible puns. A lot of terrible uh, double entendres, sexual innuendo, uh, just dumb stuff Stiff. like him, like him saying like "fuck" and stuff like that. It's just so weird that this is a Ninja Gaiden game because in Ninja Gaiden there's an elegance to the design in that every sing- I was saying this during the stream actually that yeah. every single fight against another ninja feels like a mini boss battle or a boss battle because they are countering you they're running away they're striking when you're open every single thing that you do in a ninja guiding game requires a finesse that makes you feel like you've accomplished something every time you fight somebody right. giving you the feeling that you are Ryu Hayabusa you are like this ninja going well, there's through like a depth to the combat and <clears throat> systems and whatever it's Right, so let's talk about this Ninja Gaiden game. Bunch of zombies start crawling towards you, and you kill everything. You press X (laughs) a lot, and it kills them. Okay. Yeah. Like, this guy's (laughs) at a 50-hit combo, and it doesn't look like there's a lot going on. There's nothing. This, I mean, 
To be yeah. fair, this is the very, very beginning we're looking at right now. Sorry to anybody not watching the video, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, just to describe what's going on, basically, is a whole bunch of zombies were coming towards a dude, and he was pushing buttons and killing them all. You're mm-hmm. not missing much. Uh, it stays like that for most of the game. You do fight harder and harder enemies to the point where there's a weird spike in difficulty, even like on a normal difficulty, where it's like, I've been doing nothing but kind of mashing buttons and killing all these zombies, but now I have to counter these special zombies that move weird and have weird timing. It's like, what? where the fuck did that come from? There was no lead-up to that. There was no like gradual difficulty increase. It was just like, smash buttons. Okay, now you have to do finesse. And the controls aren't very good to doing that, because there's a weird animation priority where if you're in the middle of a slash you can still get hit, and they can, like, combo you. Mm. So you can't block unless you're basically already ready to block sort of thing. So you kind of have to wait for them to come up to you, see their little tell, and then push the block button right before they hit you, because even if you push it too early, you'll just block the attack and you won't counter it, leaving them open for more attacks. So Mm. the Ninja Gaiden finesse is still there, but it's with sloppily implemented controls and bad timing and just kind of like the bad art style and look of it makes it hard to see where you are on the screen at all times especially when there's mass chaos and it's really hard to see the enemy tells so it's basically like playing ninja gaiden with a bunch of zombies thrown into the game and then somebody smearing mud in your eyes and it's like so like you can still mash buttons and kill all the zombies, but when that one ninja type guy comes up that you have to counter, and then that opens him up for attack, like you're trying to get mud out of your eyes. It's it just, also like I don't know. This bit here looks like the camera's zoomed in a little too tight or something with some of the it stuff. It does. Yeah, the camera control is pretty non-existent, but honestly, it's not a huge deal in the game. Okay. It's not a. Okay. It's not a. That isn't a problem. Okay. Um, if we want to get down to, like, the dialogue and uh, the writing and stuff like that, I mean, I'm not going to read it again, but mm-hmm. we read that thing. I read that thing to you last week. It yeah. keeps up with that tone throughout the whole game. Like, like sex is in the game. The main person talking to you is a luscious redhead who shows too much cleavage and, Miss like, Monday? sexual windows. Miss Monday. Yep, that's okay. her. Just I typed in so. Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z, and she was, like, the first thing. So, good job. Okay. Tecmo. Right. Out there. Obviously what they were going for, but um, this plays much more like a bad God of War than a terrible Ninja Gaiden. So, if like you wanted a bad God of War game, this is probably the game for you, but I'm, I might just go back <laughs> to Dante's looking Inferno. looking for that? It's like, I, yeah. You know, I kind of want a God of War, but like not good. And with right. zombies? Do you, does that exist? It's like, it does. Yeah, it's, it's called Tecmo. Dante's Inferno. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but that has but, devil uh, dick in it. It's crazy. No one would have expected that, so. There is a lot of, like, sexual talk in this, too. It's Oh, okay. It's just fucking stupid. It is so dumb. Um, This game is not worth $10, let alone $60. This is mm-hmm. one that people should be staying away from, if all possible. Okay. So, yeah. you took the bullet on that one. Let people know. Hey, stay away. This one's this one's no good. Meat slapper. I get it. That's pretty good. <sighs> Masturbation. I get it. Jokes. Yeah. 
is some of the navigation stuff as brain dead simple as like I was kind of like what I played at in the demo was kind of almost felt like just press a a little thing flashes press a and he's just kind of like ex- launching. No, that's exactly what it is. It doesn't even have to flash. If you just keep pushing a, you'll probably get through the part. Yeah, it just felt like yeah. really not. You know, ninja shit. <laughs> I guess so, but like. Some of the ninja stuff in Ninja Gaiden on Xbox that I remember was kind of like, you know, wall jumping up to places. And some of the traversal was actually kind of challenging, but kind of fun. You know, like his crazy jump, 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 like uh, triangle jumps kind of up a wall. Is there nothing like that? Is it all kind of pre-canned animation stuff? Pre-canned. Great. Mm-hmm. Yaiba. Uh, don't, don't even worry about it. It actually isn't in stores now. You can't even get it. So don't. It is on Steam, though, so beware. You might be thinking you're getting a decent Ninja Gaiden game. Just make sure it doesn't have a Z at the end, and you'll probably be okay. There you have it. So, a couple hours there. Was there some other kind of... A couple hours there. Yeah, I played a Scapegoat 2. Okay, how is that? Yeah. I like the Scapegoat 1. So... It's a Scapegoat. Okay. There, there Different is nothing art style. Notice- uh, music. Yeah. Music's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Music is extraordinary. The art style still looks like it was ripped out of an XNA title. Really? Like, it, it looks it, more kind of less pixely. It looks more drawn. It, it looks less pixely. It is more drawn, but it still looks very amateurish. I like very tile-based. It makes me sad to say that. But, okay. like, in HD, it doesn't look as good as it should. I don't mm. think. Okay. If you're going into a puzzle game, though, expecting it to look great, your priorities might be a little bit mixed up. Because what it does, it still does very well. That is the like puzzle platformy type thing where the room moves around based on what items you activate or switches and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the new mechanics they added for the mouse are pretty fantastic. So before we had the hat, and that was it, right? Like switching the hat- and everything? The hat would switch the goat and the mouse yeah. uh, mouse position. Now the mouse, there is a necro mouse that he can turn into. Okay. And he basically is able to summon four mice, so you can you have four mice that you can like position and move around in the level to get past stuff. Mm-hmm. There is a tiny hammer, and that turns the mouse into a block, which is used to traverse some stuff and to hold down some stuff and to kill some enemies, like. They've added enough in this game that I feel it is actually a sequel because it is very much the same type of game that we knew and loved from the first Escape Goat, but with added mechanics and more puzzles to really sink into sort of thing. Like, it's a whole new game. Okay. It's not just kind of like DLC, like new puzzle packs or anything. It feels very different, but not in a bad way because it still controls pretty tight. It does, still doesn't control beautifully, but who cares? Like you're, all you have to do is jump and like dash, like a little stiff kind of. Some of it. yeah, okay, yeah. But um, yeah, I played a couple hours of that, and that game seems pretty long. I put in about the same amount of time I put into Escape Goat One, and I'm probably about halfway through it. So okay. it feels at least double as long. And uh, how much are they selling it for now? Ten or fifteen? I got uh, it 10. on sale. Okay, sure for ten dollars, like eight on sale with the launch or something. But yeah, right. So for ten dollars, it's a good buy. 
mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's the best buy. Well, but... I mean, the first one I paid like a dollar, so <clears throat> that's, I, that's I felt like, oh man, this is great for what I paid. This is this is a deal. Yeah, but, that's uh, the thing too is that when this goes on sale for like three to five dollars, it will be a very good buy. As okay. it is right now, if you're not looking for a puzzle platformer type of thing, mm-hmm. this you can probably wait. I would say if it goes ever up at all, like if it was $15, that would be a no sale right away Okay. at $10. If you are in the mood for a puzzle platforming game, that is very good and probably will keep you happy with it for a while. Then I would say, go ahead. This you're not going to lose any money or like, you're not going to get frustrated with your purchase on this. Um, I've been wanting to maybe talk to, uh, Oh my god, what's his name now? Ian. I can't even remember. I've been wanting to see if we can talk to Ian again, but uh, I'm sure he's very busy right now. I'd like to see what he thinks about his own game. But Yes, but uh, we've talked to Magical Time Bean before on uh, yeah. Indie Talks, so check out that episode if you haven't. Uh, I like that yeah. he talked numbers. That was kind of <clears throat> interesting. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I, that's why I want to talk to him again, because I want to hear how the numbers kind of match up now with a higher like price game sort of thing more work put in but also he's asked he's asking for like a thousand times the original price for the first one what 10 times isn't it what was he asking again yeah that's right a dollar to 10 but yes substantially more well no because a hundred a hundred percent would be one extra dollar a thousand percent yes yeah a thousand percent yeah um, anyway <laughs> yes exactly no that's fine um yeah 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 that was a interesting talk about like kind of the xbox live marketplace like the indie marketplace and then transitioning to pc and all that so th- is this only on steam is this on other stuff or i think they're selling it through their site through steam and desura but i mean it's like computer only it's not on ps4 <laughs> yes or something or... No. okay okay cool uh, yeah i'll so, check it out point. i mean you you could probably check it out, you know. I did. Through. I installed it just now. Um, <laughs> somehow, Goat Simulator has been getting a lot of talk. I'm seeing it in the chat right now. It, like, I haven't played it, but is this just another kind of Surgeon Simulator, it's bad but funny kind you of play thing? play a goat. You're a goat. But, like, in the description I saw, See, it was like, there's weird physics glitches and stuff in it, but they're embracing that, which sounds kind of like the certain thing of it. It's broken. We're bad at making games, but it's funny. So that's cool, right? Also, to answer the question, am I going to get Goat Simulator? I am probably saving, I'm probably holding out for Bear Simulator. Is that a thing so, they're making? Or what is... That is a thing. Their description of it, it's Skyrim, only as a bear. That's probably not so, accurate, but okay. <laughs> it probably is the most accurate title or like description for video game ever penned on the internet. However, it is essentially going to be a game where you play a bear. <laughs> so, I'm so pretty game. sure I... Kind of. Maybe. <laughs> They're on Kickstarter right now, and um, for $20, I can make it so when I get the game my bear will have sunglasses. I don't know how I can pass that up. Because it's $15 to, like, 
essentially pre-order it quote unquote through kickstarter where you back them you get a copy of the game when it comes out sort of thing for five extra dollars you get sunglasses yes just yes there is no other answer to that question what do you think about simulators nathan uh i've been a little underwhelmed by some of the buzzed about simulator like specifically euro truck simulator 2 got a lot of talk and maybe I just need a racing wheel or something, but playing that game with just kind of keyboard and mouse or, like, a gamepad on a TV was not a very good experience. Like, it's just the the UI and stuff is not designed for you to be able to read it in a television setting. Which, right. you know, that's... that I guess, hey, it's a PC game or something. That's not guaranteed. But I was a little... I don't know not as like, wow, this is so deep and interesting and awesome. It was just kind of like, yeah, I, you drive the truck to the place <laughs> and I tipped over. And I, okay. okay. There's a few things on John's Steam list that I've yeah. been wanting to try, and it's that warehouse simulator. Oh, okay. If it is, in fact, a simulator, I will be pretty damn good at that game. <laughs> warehouse and logistics simulator? Like, if they yeah. get a job right... <clears throat> that's your wheelhouse, like, you should know what's going on. And then there's an expansion or something to it called, like, Warehouse of Hell Simulator. And it's just okay. like, hell, bitch, you don't know where I work. This ain't shit. <laughs> Unless it's actual, like, demons and stuff, then maybe. Yeah, like, it's not saying it's that bad. You're just shipping stuff <clears throat> to demons and getting... No, demons. you are shipping oh, like, you're shipping demons to demons, or would you ship, like, blood and teeth to Yeah, demons? I'm saying, like, you'd okay. ship, like, weird skull goblets and stuff to demons. Because mm. they need those. And, like, weird bone <clears throat> thrones to Satan. What would be scarier to you, working in a warehouse? Shipping bones, teeth, and blood to demons? Or shipping drugs to cartels? <laughs> <laughs> strangely the second one is probably scarier because it's just like yeah "Yeah, whatever the demons just pay their bills and they get their skull goblets (laughs) the cartel like i don't want to screw those guys over or even have it perceived that i did because then horrible things will happen and they're humans they're totally irrational like demons as far as i know kind of play fair just as long as i'm not selling my soul it's fine so, yeah, probably right. I'd take the, the skulls job. Okay, what if you had to ship your soul in the skull to the demons? I wouldn't want to do that. That's terrible. <laughs> um, so I guess in that terrible situation, I'd probably go with the cartels, but I'd right. probably also be trying to get a line on some witness protection kind of stuff as best I could. I think I would work at Tim Hortons if that started becoming the norm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like it's like the only jobs available are demon shipment or drug shipment. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to just work at Tim Hortons then. You know what? McDonald's so, is sounding pretty good right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know what? I was I balked at working at Walmart before. Compared to this, not that bad. I mean, they have movies, so I'll take it. What if the Walmart was owned by demons? <laughs> I don't you know now. Would you rather work for a demon directly under them as, like, they are your superior? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather work for a demon in that you are shipping blood, teeth, bones, and your soul to them? Okay, minus the soul <laughs> thing. Like, if demons are just customers in this scenario, I'd be more yeah. okay with that than working for one. 
Okay. So, yeah. But the soul thing, that's a little weird. Like, that's asking a lot. I probably, you know, I'd read through my hiring package very carefully and not sign that form. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You probably have a pretty good point there. Yeah. Just, like, you know, you should... read, read what you're getting into. You got to know. And it's like, okay, ho, 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 come on. You can't slip this in as just another memo. Like, this one's a little more serious. Come on. That's like, yeah, you got me. I was trying to own some more souls. But, uh. Yeah, Walmart. Anyways, maybe run by anyway. Yeah. How do you feel about slaying demons? Uh, I've I've slain some demons before. Like I don't I don't know if any of the weird dragon monsters and weird stuff I've been fighting Crown Trigger count as demons, but there's some living skeletons and stuff. It's kind of weird, right? But yeah, I've slain some demons. I, I enjoy slaying demons. Okay, I've been playing Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls. Okay. The expansion. And that game has me so firmly by the balls that I cannot play anything else right now. (laughs) Okay, I wasn't sure what that meant for a second. Like, that made it sound like it was a really game. It basically means I shipped a bunch of my bones and soul to the demons (laughs) who are Blizzard. And they have me again. With the addition of the Crusader class and all of the changes they've made, they've made that game a fantastic experience. And I okay. am more than happy to sink all of my life into it. So they've they got totally me. fixed Diablo 3. It is now the, top-tier balance. The Demons stuff. won. And you know what fixed it is that they got rid of that god-awful auction house. So yeah. by getting rid of the auction house, I think what they were trying to do before is that you would get random drops. Like, as my wizard... I would always get drops for the Barbarian or the Witch Doctor or the Demon Hunter, and I would never fucking get anything for my Wizard. So every time I was going like through different levels and stuff, I felt weak, like I was progressively getting weaker, and then I would find one more item, and I would be leveled out, and I'd be mediocre sort of thing, and it was kind of a slag to get through anything. And I think the reasoning behind that is because they... Like, the Auction House wasn't just like oh, no, this is something you can use. This is part of the game. Like, for you to have a good time, that thing you got for the Barbarian, throw that up on the auction house, somebody else will want it, and then when they pay you the fake money for it, or the real money, whichever, you can get something for your wizard. And that is complete bullshit. When you're doing a game like Diablo, and you are focusing all your gameplay on economics in a system that doesn't work because of hackers, first of all, because of idiots, second of all, and mainly just because of the internet, you fucked up your game. So when they took out the auction house completely, guess what started happening? I'm starting to get drops for my class, and I'm starting to level up appropriately. I'm starting to feel just as strong or stronger than everything I'm trying to take on, and it doesn't feel like I just consistently die for nothing because my character is progressing through the levels the way a character should progress through fucking levels in a video game. Okay. Jeez. Yeah, so... That that does sound like it was pretty tedious before. So you were just getting all sorts of junk not for you that you were right. supposed to sell? And And it wasn't very often either. Now, at least every single boss fight... I've basically gotten a legendary for my class that helps me along through the next, like, three level, like, lower levels of the next area. Mm-hmm. So, as of right now, I'm playing a Crusader class. The Crusader is the best class in that video game, and I don't care what anyone else says. It's true. 
that character is the funnest I've had in one of these games in a long, long time. And that includes Path of Exile, which I've had a great time with. That includes both Torchlights, which I've had great times with. And that even includes Diablo 2. I haven't had this much fun playing this type of game since Diablo 1, when it was brand new. Jeez, that's like a decade and a half legacy <laughs> that just yeah. got wiped out by Diablo 3. Yeah. So, all right. Pretty much. So cool. I'm having a great time with it. Uh, my Crusader is going through hard difficulty right now and is caught up to my wizard that took hours through normal difficulty to get through. Uh-huh. And um, it's everything is just going peachy. I'm loving the story again. I'm loving the background music and going through and just like jumping into the middle of like 20 characters or 20 fucking demons and just taking them all out with my hammers of justice rotating around doing fiery and electrical weird damage and all this other weird bullshit that only blizzard could do and every part of it has felt like a new experience that i haven't felt in a long time so props i guess (laughs) how much was the expansion it is uh i think it's 30 dollars for the normal okay and 60 for the collectors if i remember correctly Okay. Does the collector's yeah. just toss in the core game, or what is in there? Uh, the collector's edition just gives you some random other shit for that, and um, for like all the other Blizzard stuff. And since I play every single Blizzard game out there that's big, like why wouldn't I get the collectors? Okay. Like it doesn't matter. It's sixty bucks, and these games only, except for those last year where these games have been pretty consistent. These mm-hmm. games only really fucking come out, like, once every five years, <laughs> so whatever. Alright. I haven't yeah. played Blizzard title extensively in a long time, but, uh... Yeah. Okay. They're hmm. still very good at what they do, which is polishing something with their infinite money and resources until it's very good. Yeah. Is Hearthstone, like, different enough than anything else that it's kind of like, hey, they did a new thing, or is it Yeah, much... it's a card game. When okay. have they ever done a card game? <laughs> Wasn't there a WoW, like, actual card game? or It's it's basically that, but an electronic version, and it's free. Okay. So if you wanted to play Blizzard game, that's free. You could just make an account and then download it. I think I did. I... Hold on. <laughs> Uh, it's yeah. yeah, there's a Hearthstone link right here. Look at there that. you go. We so, can play okay. together. And by I together, I mean against each other. Mm-hmm. So there you go. One. Free content for the site. Yeah, you Hearthstone. at, like... Hearthstone battles. You with, like, your ten cards, and me with, like, the ones I've built up through the last six to eight months. <laughs> well, that'll be great content. Well, yeah, their Just, balancing like, probably takes care of that, though, and... Right? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, caps. sure. Honestly, yes, in a way, where if you're a decent enough player and know enough about the game and how like how things work, you can go all the way with basic cards and crafting cards with like the free cards you get. Mm-hmm. But there's that catch twenty two of you have to have played the game enough to know enough about what you need in your deck, what you want, and what the meta is, like what other players are doing. Right, so, so you could do well with a low deck, but I don't know the stuff yet, so... So, like, that's what YouTube, I guess, is for, but it would take 
more time learning through YouTube videos probably than just going out there playing, losing a whole bunch, and then like trying different stuff out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so a whole bunch of Diablo. Was that pretty much the rest of your gaming time, or did anything else fit in there? Oh, there was one more. Ten okay. minutes of Metal Gear Solid Five Ground Zero. Oh, shit. So you beat it then? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, I have to say one thing. That that game isn't Metal Gear Solid because Snake's not in it. Sorry, guys. We were all tricked. Snake's not in it. All you I mean, got big was... Big bosses in it? Or you're saying... All I, got the, all, all I got this guy with a fucking eye patch that talks like Kiefer Sutherland. I didn't get Snake. So, sorry, guys. Game's yeah. over. Colin, the Colin, world's over. Kiefer. Okay, the one thing I heard this week that kind of made me actually be like, okay, no, the, the idea that David Hayter will be in the next one totally does make sense. Basically, just because they didn't want to have David Hayter talking to David Hayter because that would be stupid looking. So they had to cast someone in a different role. And they went with Big Boss instead of the guy. Does that sound feasible? No. I think like they you'd fucked up. You prefer just David Hayter speaking to David Hayter and them trying to play it super serious? Dude, he was a clone. I know. Was a like, clone. It should be that. But I'm thinking, like, man... How goofy would that scene be if it's just like, you know, that gruff, gravelly voice going both ways? I don't know. Do your best David Hater snake voice right now. Because I bet you it's better than Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> like, what do you, just the, like, Metal Gear? Like, just that thing? He doesn't even say uh, it. You know what? That actually wasn't that bad. Okay. I gotta give you some props. That was better than Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't even say, like, iconic stuff. I guess he does the one where it's like, kept you waiting, huh? But he says it, like, bad. So, yeah. yeah. It's just like, kept you waiting, huh? And it's just like, no, you didn't, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, we already had this. So you agree, Kiefer Sutherland kind of doesn't own it at all in the role. No. He sucks. Okay. Did you do the healing thing I talked about with, like, the, ah, kind of thing? That's no, it's really bad. No, I basically infiltrated the compound and started popping guards and then got <laughs> bored a little bit because I was wanting to well, like I knew what time it was. We had to start this, but I was just kind of like, I just want to play more Diablo. So I took my silencer off and just started shooting up in the air and seeing how many guys I could kill before they killed me. Yeah, I did, Answer was did that five. first time I played it. Too. I was just like, how many <laughs> yeah. dudes can be killed with the combat mechanics now? And it turns out like. 27 or something like it was like i killed a lot of dudes and then yeah <clears throat> died and decided to restart the mission and actually try to do stuff and yeah like i mean the final time where i completed the mission was like 40 some minutes but it was probably about an hour of messing around in total okay. but uh for that first mission which is kind of the thing people keep considering to be the whole game which uh, no yeah, i hear I, there's like way more after that there's, yeah, there's so much kind of additional side content and, like, you unlocking the tapes and stuff. And, yeah, like, I don't know. It's prompted, like, some articles. Like, I think there was one on Polygon that was basically kind of, like, is the whole idea of replaying a level just dead in people's minds? Like, no, I beat the level, so I'm done. And you're just like, no, no, you can go back to that level and do different stuff. And you're just like, no, but I beat it. Like, is that what's happening? Like, are people just kind of... Like, I saw the credits roll. That is the end of the video game. And you're just like, but it says 10% next to your save. Like, that's mm -hmm. not 100%. There's 10 times right. more things in the game. And it's just like, right. I don't know. For some reason, that is not compelling people to go back to it. And 
honestly, like outside of like that first few days where I was playing it, I haven't really gone back to it either. So it is kind of maybe missing some of the magic because what I go to a Metal Gear story, like what I go to a Metal Gear game for is an absurd, long-winded, ridiculous story. And this has like very little of that content. It has way more kind of, we figured out how to balance this gameplay area to be kind of cool. And we want you to go do different stuff in it. And it's just like, uh, like change it's like we made a sandbox for you is kind of what they mm-hmm. did and it's just like i don't ever come oh, no, to you wait. guys for sandboxes so this is kind of a what strange... what they made was a third person shooter a third mm-hmm. person military shooter and you know what it's fine it plays fine it still has a metal gear feel the yeah. problem is snake's not in it that's the only problem i'm having right now yeah is that just straight up big boss snake solid snake naked snake jack i don't care what you call him they're not in it. It, it is kind of, it. it does kind of really take the wind out of the sails in a way. Like I, there was honestly like with acid and acid two and portable ops, like I think it was portable ops. Anyway, with some of those, like I basically couldn't bring myself to play them. Cause it's like, there's no voice acting in it. Like David Hader's not in it. This isn't yeah. scratching that itch. So I don't want to play this. And then, yeah, this one is a canonical full metal gear release, but they, for some reason recast the guy and, yeah, it is kind of really, really weird. So I yeah. I guess maybe it's just like holding on to that hope that that is actually a pretty much justification for David Hayter being in the next game and being important in the next game is a- avoiding the absurdity of that kind of speaking to yourself kind of thing. But yeah. I, so I wasn't paying attention. Is that Colonel Campbell talking to you? No. Your headset? Who no. is that? That is... That's, uh, oh, that's Master Miller? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> McDonald Miller? Was that his name? I can't remember. I, don't, I honestly don't remember. He is uh, apparently a big player in uh, Peace Walker. But, um, mm. yeah. He, he's I been still haven't played that. I played a Master bit of it Miller. on the 360 HD version. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it seemed kind of cool. But it, I guess it's also very uh, Monster Hunter-esque. So it kind of demands you play it multiplayer for some of the bosses and stuff. Right. So if you don't have people playing it, which I'm assuming there's nobody playing it now, that might be kind of unbalanced in an annoying way. Where, yeah, I was definitely having a lot of problems with this big tank boss early in the game. Um, it's kind of a strange thing. Spoiler like the missions alert, are very Master small. Mailer is actually liquid. Okay. Yeah. It's not Big Boss or the boss, though. He's a pimp. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mr. Marshall has a theory. He's pimp rank? I mean, maybe a little bit of the absurdity isn't there. Like, yeah. I really enjoyed in Metal Gear Solid 3, like, the PS2 release full-on had, like, monkey, like, escape junk. Ape Escape, which was super a- Ape Escape. And but it also, had the stupid shit you could shoot. It had stupid shit you could shoot. It also had, like, ridiculous camo outfits. Like, just like, yeah. I have banana camo! And you're just like, this is the this is so dumb. And that, No, it's good. But, it, no, yeah, it contrasted with the serious gravity of, like, the the cutscenes and stuff in a way that was really yeah. hilarious. In fact, they, they often had, like, modes where you could basically remix the cutscenes with, like, a different character is there or something. So it's like, it's an old lady and she's sneaking around shooting people. And how stupid does that look? And you're just like, it looks pretty stupid. That's pretty funny. Um, That kind of humor doesn't seem to, well, I mean, there's a little bit of it there, 
but they also get really kind of darker with like there's a lot of torture kind of stuff and in the in later in the mission i guess you'll see some of that so i don't know it's a little less tonally satisfying uh, yeah it didn't it didn't bring me back like, it's kind of weird like a metal gear game came out and i wasn't fully obsessed with it so that's a little sad yeah yeah that's um, pretty much where i am too now like it is third person military espionage game Mm-hmm. With a dude with an eye patch and Kiefer Sutherland's voice, yeah, where he's just like, kept you waiting, huh? It's like yeah. no, no, you didn't because I wasn't expecting you. I was looking for Colonel. This is Snake, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> completely different guy. I was looking for a completely different dude. You are not him. You know what? We'll get through this together. But don't call me. I won't call you. <laughs> I don't want to see you over. again. This, this is a one night thing. It'll probably take maybe an hour. They kind and of rub in your face too. Like after you, like you haven't even seen it. After you beat mm-hmm. every single mission, it says "Start Keep the Island." Like it just like splash on the screen. Like they're so proud of that, and you're just like, no, that's what's wrong with the game. Like you shouldn't keep reminding right. me. Like I, I had mean, Kiefer Sutherland was... should probably go fuck himself. That's probably what he should do. And David Hayter should probably just like bend him over a couch and angrily rape him. That's all I'm saying. Then, okay. That's then not what I'm saying at all. Snake and Big Boss talking to each other. No, this, I, uh, they should definitely consider phoning David Hader back or whatever's going on with that. But yeah, it's uh, not not how I want it. Which yeah, I mean, with four they kind of lost some of my interest already. But playing through that HD collection again so mm-hmm. after that got me fired up again. So I was kind of on a high. Those games are fantastic. And well, it's so good too, considering to take watch, out like, to for... take out the linchpin that has kind of been there mm-hmm. for that character. Specific, like, uh, this is going to be hard for me to say. Snake is not a good character. He is the most basic of characters. He is puppet that gets played, and he follows orders. He is a military dude. Blah blah blah. As a like character. He has no ups and downs that are really worth noting. Everything is in for his service for this giant story that Hideo Kojima couldn't tell in one game, so he decided to make 10 games that were 15 hours long of cutscenes for. But mm-hmm. what made that character so iconic is the voice, and I don't know why. I think it might be nostalgia playing a factor, or it might be the fact that every time there's a 15-hour fucking cutscene, that's the voice I heard. I've heard that voice as Snake. For the last, like, what is it, 15 years of my life? Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck? Why do you change it? I I get that it's the boss, it's Big Boss. But it's not, because Snake was a clone of Big Boss. They have the same voice. Kiefer Sutherland, go fuck yourself, you goon. That's all I'm saying. That's my final thoughts on the matter. Yeah, 24, was it ever good? I don't know. I'll probably never watch it. So. You know, actually, I will say it has been. I will say that people have told me it's pretty good. So okay, there's a movie maybe he should out. maybe he should stay there. Yeah, and, stick to what you're of, good at, Kiefer. Don't try to become a voice actor. Which is like game. basically nothing, but you <laughs> somehow tricked people yeah. into one thing. So good job, you did it. Keep doing that. Don't rest ads pulling strings. That's my theory. Donald, he's to blame for all this. <laughs> I love him, though. I love Donald's... Uh, Donald's I know. Son. I love but, him. Yeah. 
Don't see, um, we're getting exclusive right here in the chat. Kiefer is good in 24 and nothing else. Oh, man, not see? even Dark City. That's crazy. Actually, Dark City was pretty good. I don't I know. Not, be, not because of him. It's not because but. of him. He's fine in it. Actually, you know what? Name one thing that is good because of Kiefer. I bet you can't. Because I bet 24 is fantastically written, but uh-huh. Kiefer Sutherland is just the main dude. Like, maybe. Not, I think he won I don't some know. Emmys or something. I don't know. <sighs> maybe the only thing is 24, and it's just a cultural blind spot for us. We just don't know. Why, why do people like Kiefer Sutherland that take iconic roles and ruin my childhood, <laughs> why do they not die? And yet, Ryan Davis, who is a mastermind of comedy for internet video game coverage, yeah. has to pass away way before his time. I yeah. guess what I'm saying here is that we should kill Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> no, we shouldn't do that. But uh, we should start a petition. We shouldn't mm-hmm. do that either. Continue. I'm getting too far ahead yeah. of myself. I, I've gone down this dark thought process occasionally with, like, the honestly, like, the maker acquisition and stuff, like, bringing up Disney. some channels yeah. of just kind of, like, why is this video game coverage personality alive and this other one isn't? Why is that? Proof that Karma isn't real. What? I didn't say anyone's name. I don't know. What is that who about. you're referring to? Yeah. <laughs> I like you're just like y- yeah <laughs> yeah you 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 figured it out you solved the mystery you solved the okay. bit of Nathan if I mean it, I agree with mystery. you let's yeah. get that straight out I agree yeah but let's look at it a little differently Ryan Davis mm-hmm. probably a good eighty to hundred pounds overweight smoked regularly had yeah. a job where he sat at a desk playing video games all day and eating junk food that fans drank a him. lot too. PewDiePie looks like he's in pretty good shape, and he's Swedish. Swedish people don't die. It's a known fact. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's probably why. It's a big difference. (laughs) I I guess if you want to be just, like, logical about it, I totally understand why that is the case, but it's still just, like, hasn't, like, you know, medical technology gotten to the point where that shouldn't matter anymore? Just have, like, a cyber heart or something? Cyber Ryan Davis? Yeah. I think that would be dangerous. I don't think the world's ready. I guess not. A Ryan Davis that cannot die and can drink until <laughs> like he doesn't even pass out, he just drinks? Yeah. It's oh, like man. Just a robot version. <laughs> he would become Bender. Yeah, but that's <laughs> not what happened. Yeah. Oh, man, man. that has been such Voiced a by weird... John DiMaggio. It would be weird. Uh, whatever, just like bringing me back to that kind of weird experience I'm having with uh, Chrono Trigger. It's I think. How it's do you gen- feel if Kiefer Sutherland started voicing Ryan Davis? It's just like every time, every time <laughs> Ryan was on video, it's like I load up episode ten of the Chrono Trigger Endurance Run, and for some reason it's Kiefer Sutherland and Patrick Klepek. I wouldn't or, listen to it anymore. It or you just really like weird. you listen to the giant Bobcat is like. Everybody is Tuesday. Like, no, these are old episodes. How did you get in here? Like, oh. For some reason, Kiefer Sutherland used all his millions from 24 to like retroactively re-record all the Everything. episodes of my favorite podcast because we called him out on our podcast. Hey, everyone, it's Tuesday. Yeah. You're listening to the Giant Bombcast. I'm Ryan Davis. No, you're not. 
I can't even do Kiefer Sutherland. I'm just doing generic deep, just gruff like gravel sky. Yeah, I always talk Foster. like this. I can't talk anyway else. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Kiefer Sutherland. May I, I guess I should watch The Lost Boys. Maybe it'll make it all make sense. It's just like oh, nope, it came from it doesn't work. It won't. That, that movie's not good. The movie's fine, but it's not because of Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> okay. So it's another yeah. swing and a miss. Huh. Swing and a miss. Anyway, speaking of movies, you watched some stuff. Yeah, I watched some movies that I was pretty happy about. Um, It was a good week for film going. Uh, okay. I guess I guess maybe I'll kick it off with uh, just something from the home collection here. I talked about last week, Criterion Collection. We tried watching that French movie and fell asleep because it was so boring and, you know, just yeah. good. Uh, I picked up another one off that shelf, um, Missing, starring Jack Lemmon um, and Sissy Spacek. And that was actually a pretty interesting movie. I'd never seen it before. Um, And actually, it had a lot of kind of just history stuff I'd never heard of before. Did you know that in Chile in the early 70s, there was a massive coup and like a bunch of people were executed in this stadium? It was basically like a Uh, mini genocide. Sure. Did you know that? Like, I didn't know that. No. Yeah, no. Like Why would I know like, that? Ex- I don't know. It was kind of this weird, surprising thing for me. I had no idea. Just modern times, guns in the streets, craziness was going on in that part of the world at that time, or whatever. So, th- whatever. The story is basically it- it's a true story about uh, this journalist dude who goes missing. Um, hence the title. And his father flies over here. Uh, flies over there rather to Chile and meets up with uh, that dude's wife to kind of figure. He flies out- over there. He flies over there he flies in an airplane. To, um, they don't really he flies get into to that. Tri-ri. He flies, yeah. flies over... What? What are you doing? Um, so yeah, Jack Lemmon and Sissy Spacek are kind of uh, dealing with government bureaucracy and kind of people dicking them around and giving them crappy information and kind of just... The usual. Yeah, pretty much. And slowly kind of realizing what has happened and how dark uh, the government can be and CIA cover, cover-ups and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And I guess, yeah, the movie was kind of controversial because it was kind of really making implications that the United States totally knew that this stuff was going on and was kind of in favor of it because they were kind of siding with this one dictator over this other kind of thing. Like one of those classic scenarios. Um, yeah, that, I don't know, just kind of the performances and stuff that hold it together. And also just, I kind of liked some of the visual stuff that the director uh, used for it. Like, I, I kind of read... Uh, Roger Ebert's review of the movie, and he was kind of criticizing it for having kind of weird editing tricks and stuff that get in the way of the emotional punch of the story. I don't know if I agree with that. There's basically a sequence where um, various people are telling them what happened when this dude got abducted. And to show that, they're showing kind of like the different versions of that story just kind of appear as they're telling it. So it's like, no, there was two trucks and like four guys came, but it was a civilian truck. So then like the military truck will switch out with the civilian truck. And it's like, no, 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 no. There was there was actually just one military vehicle and like eight guys. And then it'll like fade out, fade back in with like that information. It was kind of cool. I, I thought that was a cool sequence. So it's kind of like Gunslinger or something. I guess, yeah. Like the Gunslinger kind of does a few things like that. Narrator kind of thing of just like unreliable information <laughs> getting visualized for you. And right. Like, Maybe and some yeah, exaggeration. It's kind of fair because like the, the characters trying to piece together the story are only getting kind of secondhand information. Like they, they're just kind of trying to figure out what happened, but they don't actually know. 
Um, and yeah, like they don't know if the people they're talking to are telling the truth or just kind of misinformed or talking about some other American or whatever. Like, there's spoiler also, alert: they're never telling the truth. Never ever. Ever. Actually, Nobody's one, ever telling the truth. One of them is, but okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, it was kind of an interesting story to see play out, and it was much more just compelling storytelling than that other art film we saw. So, I guess, yeah, yeah. it was kind of, like, easy to appreciate, like, some of its storytelling stuff that was just, hey, we established the guy who will eventually go missing first, so he's kind of in the movie for about 20 minutes, joking around with his wife and stuff, and you're just kind of like, okay, this guy seems okay, and then he disappears, and you're like, okay, well, now I kind of want to know what happened to him, and then Jack Lemmon shows up, and he's going to figure it out. And Jack Lemmon's just a, has a great sad face, and he has to be sad a lot in this movie. So, <laughs> good sad stuff. It's kind of it's playing a, up to of, his good stuff there. Then, yeah, well, I mean, pros. he can do kind of comical stuff too, but like this is a yeah. much more kind of heavy situation. In a weird way, it kind of reminded me of what I liked about Philomena, which came out last year, which is like two people from different generations kind of going on this journey and trying to figure out a probably unpleasant truth. Uh, it was almost the same kind of format, which I don't know if that's intentional on the makers of Philomena in any way. It was just kind of strangely fit a lot of the same. Like It's like if you were to tag this on a movie website or something with like plot elements, it would have like a decent amount that cross over. So, oh, okay. Yeah, but more cool. political focus than kind of religious cover-up. Like, that's like the Catholic Church kind of burning records and misinforming people. Um, this is the American and Chilean government kind of being coy about stuff, and yeah. But anyway, that, that was a pleasant surprise from my own library. Uh, the ones I went and saw in theaters, um, Grand Budapest Hotel, which is the new Wes Anderson movie. How was um, that? I liked it quite a bit, probably more than maybe any of that dude's movies. So, have you seen any Wes Anderson films? Do you have a read on that dude? Or have you what guys... is he in? Uh, Rushmore. I get him and PT mixed up. Okay, yes. Royal I've seen a few of them. Uh, yeah. Life Aquatic. That one Fantastic I didn't see. Fantastic Mr. Fox? Uh, no, because uh-huh. I didn't want to. Moonrise so. Kingdom? Uh, no, also because... Actually, we talked about it. Yeah. And you were just like, it's a Wes Anderson movie. It's like the other ones. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to see it then. I guess that's maybe a <laughs> bit of a generalization, but, I mean, it's very much in his style and all that kind of stuff. Honestly, like, the the major differentiating things for, like, this movie versus Moonrise Kingdom, which I kind of ended up kind of feeling kind of indifferent about, wasn't super into it, um, that movie has kids speaking beyond their years and being into stuff that no kid was ever into. And like, it just kind of did enough things where I was like, I don't like how unrealistic this is. This doesn't seem like it's for any greater purpose. It's just kind of being cute and precious about kids and camp and that kind of stuff in a way I don't feel about towards that thing. Like, I don't feel especially nostalgic about camp or I don't feel speci- especially negative about camp because it's ultimately about kids that run away from camp and do other stuff like i don't know it just kind of a lot of what that story was about just didn't click with me at all um grand budapest hotel i found it just way more interesting it's basically like i mean we're seeing the trailer here but the, the main thing that i found really cool about it was there's kind of multiple layers of kind of narr- like framing narratives to it so the movie opens with uh there's a cemetery and there is this gravestone to an author 
Actually, no, I think it opens with that author speaking. But then you get uh, this this kind of girl with just a copy of this book called The Grand Buda- Budapest Hotel, and she starts reading it, and that is kind of layer one. Layer two is the stuff she is reading, which is this author talking to the owner of this strange hotel in the 60s. And then mm-hmm. in that kind of story the the owner of the hotel starts telling about this concierge from the hotel in the 30s who really had a big influence on him and then it goes further inside that story and then that is kind of the main story which is told in four by three uh and is a little bit more kind of just a whimsical caper kind of thing which is very much kind of well traveled territory for wes anderson kind of whimsy territory kind of stuff goofy characters okay. all that kind of thing but i guess the the framing of it like just in the story within a story within a story kind of makes the goofiness of the center story a little more purposeful to me like it's like well it's a person reading about a conversation that they had with someone about someone who is long dead or whatever like it's kind of just because it's so removed from present day reality it's not going to really resemble present day reality right like it's going to a little exaggerated and a little ridiculous and i don't know it just felt like better justified than some of his other stuff which just like seems goofy for the sake of it or just kind of stylized for the sake of it and i don't know i i was kind of into that i kind of just like the idea of being nostalgic about a business that has failed so like in the 60s the hotel is kind of on its last legs and is almost done and they're kind of like this owner is fondly looking back at kind of why he chose this as like his life's work and this is his vocation to kind of look after this hotel and that's kind of just neat because i don't know thinking about careers long term like that like someone from being a teenager to their dying days has one job like that's just kind of not a thing that happens anymore so that gave me something to kind of mull over uh there's kind of this notion of the artist bringing back to life uh, like people who he has talked to or whatever, like making people into characters that can then kind of be immortal in this weird way. So like, yeah, that the author gravestone is there, whatever I'm getting kind of too specific about a movie that people in here haven't (laughs) talked about or haven't seen. I, I, some of the themes it kind of touched on and some of just the ideas like failed businesses, uh, getting old, uh, artists kind of having this uh, ability to kind of live beyond their years via their work or whatever. Like, just kind of those little things are kind of in there. Even though it's all kind of surrounded by goofy jokes and kind of comedy and fun madcapery and all that stuff. Like, there are kind of moments where it'll kind of showcase... A, like, the characters will kind of get a little more dimensional and you kind of get the sense that he is contrasting those moments of like true like kind of more deeper reality kind of emotional stuff with this kind of baseline of comedic goofiness Mm. i'm again getting bad at explaining it but it's (laughs) great i really liked it i had a great time and i actually found there were things to think about it after i saw it which didn't happen with moonrise kingdom didn't really happen with fantastic mr fox um, so yeah, I, I don't know how to really express it other than if you have kind of a tolerance for that dude's style and you don't find it irritating or whatever, like this, this is probably a really great, uh, expression of that. And it uses it in ways that I think are more mature maybe than some of his other films. I don't know. I, 
I was really just impressed with uh, a lot of things about it. And I guess like kind of the the easy things to appreciate is just the uh, the performances in it. Like it's kind of actors I haven't seen in starring roles in a long time. Like mm. Ray, Ray Fiennes, I just don't see that dude as like the star of stuff. He's usually like he's been in a lot of villain roles lately. You know, like he's been kind of he's Voldemort or he is uh, Hades in Wrath of the Titans or whatever. Like he's kind of like in a lot of big profile movies, but he's never like the star. So this just kind of gives him a character to kind of really just fill the screen. And like, you know, he's really wasn't he the red and... dragon? He he was. Yeah, he was that killer. But he's do you kind see? Of in that. Do you see? Wasn't that Event Horizon? Van Horizon had the same line. You're right. Yeah, I was just like, no, it was it was something similar. Oh, okay, but yes, but uh, he has him tied up and he's showing him the slides. Remember, he's like, do mm. you see next one? Blah 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 blah. Do you see? Okay, <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while, but um, <clears throat> yeah, no, he is he's in that. But again, kind of a supporting role. Like I don't know, just that he gets this big meaty role to kind of really get into was nice to see. And just kind of, kind of some of the supporting faces that show up in there, like Jeff Goldblum, Harvey Keitel, uh, Willem Dafoe has like a fun, goofy role as like this hitman essentially. Um, oh, there's a, I, I guess one specific scene that I've been kind of trying to like, I don't know, express why I think it's so funny. Um, Adrian Brody has this part as like this really selfish. Um, I haven't really even gotten into the story, but I, I don't know. I, I talked about the framing around the story, but not the story. So I, I, I apologize. Um, this old lady dies and leaves yeah. a bunch of money to like her, you know, family members and stuff. But she leaves this one painting to Gustav, the character Ray Fiennes plays, who's just the manager of this hotel she really liked. And the right. family is pissed about that because it is a really valuable okay. painting. So, uh, yeah. Adrian Brody plays the kind of the son who is most incensed about all that and wants to have uh, Gustav not only like cut off from the inheritance or whatever, but also arrested for her murder. Like he basically just okay. ranks him for causing this yeah. and all that stuff. And there's a point where like, it's just kind of like it's set in the 1930s, but the dialogue gets contemporary in a way that I just find really funny. So it's like, it's the 1930s. Everything about the situation is something that you could imagine in like a Marx Brothers kind of comedy or like a Charlie Chaplin. Like it's just kind of old, kind of goofy stuff happening sometimes. But characters will deliver lines like, what the fuck is this shit? But it's the 1930s. And I don't know. It's just funny. Like it's like essentially uh, the, a thing has been stolen and swapped with something else. And the character just flips out in a way that is like our modern time speech. But set in that time it's i don't know goofy okay. but funny okay and i probably ruined it but whatever i will stop um grand Poodle best tell <laughs> it's great noah is also great and for very different reasons um okay i guess okay i was getting like on the uh pixel stuff subreddit i don't know who it was but someone was really like angry at that movie for basically validating creationist stuff or whatever I don't know if that's really warranted at all. Like, it's it's kind of treating it, as far as I can, you know, as I'm perceiving it as a not-religious person, uh, as kind of just another source of mythology, like Judeo right. mythology, but it is very much exaggerated and kind of fantastical, like, very fantastical. 
Um, and that's totally fine. Like, it is just a epic story. And it is a popular ancient legend that the continents mm-hmm. were split apart by this giant calamitous flood that happened. And some dudes survived and animals got on that boat and all this stuff. Like, it's kind of, you know, a popular legend. Like, you don't need to necessarily give it too much stock than that. It is not owned by one faith exactly. Like, like Judaism values that maybe more so even than Christianity. So people getting upset about it for not being biblically accurate and stuff, I don't know what, like, that's not... A criteria of mine so i don't care about right. that right um, yeah so when i am presented with a bunch of giant rock golems i am stoked that's <laughs> yeah awesome. so that is th- like that's one of the early things in this is just like all of the angels in the movie are like coated in stone and walk around like just craggy multi-limbed things that almost look kind of stop motionist at times with how they're moving and they have like glowing faces and it's awesome. Like it's just like this is such a ridiculous, fantastical thing, but I love it. And it's also kind of set in this kind of time before written history or whatever. So they kind of just have magic business going on. Like it's like they'll plant a seed from the Garden of Eden, and a, spor- a forest just springs out of the ground. Or like uh, there's these little rocks that they just you know you smash it and fire just bursts out of them, and they just use that for doing all sorts of weird business, like burning stuff and. Starting little fires for cooking, or you know, more malicious business, maybe like putting in a little cannon, which uh, Ray Ray Winstone does. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just a a good epic scale story with kind of sweeping music, a lot of kind of just fundamental questions about mankind facing extinction, essentially, because like the flood is coming, and it's kind of like this dude has the opportunity to basically cut off humanity. Like if his family dies, that's it for humanity. And he's kind of tempted to let that happen because humans cause such horrible things to happen. Um, And yeah, I don't know. It's kind of just, it kind of reminded me of a lot of the same thoughts I had when I was watching Magnolia, Lars von Trier's movie about a giant asteroid smashing the earth in modern times, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of has like a lot of different characters kind of dealing with that horrible reality in very different ways. Uh, This has some of that. Um, Okay. And yeah, I don't know. It's just a really well acted, really well presented story. There's some freaky, haunting stuff in there of like just a lot of people drowning and getting crushed by giant waves and all this stuff. Um, it's just a good apocalypse like drama kind of, but it happens to center around this kind of biblical story. So a lot of people like seem to take that really seriously, one way or the other, in ways right. that kind of it's like oh, this isn't accurate to my fundamentalist views, so I hate it. Or, oh, this is religious and validates the existence of God, so it's terrible. And it's just like, well, if you can not be on either of those extremes, there's actually just a really good movie in the middle. Like, it's it's like yeah. a well, like some of the best performances I've seen in a while, like Jennifer Connelly, just emotion welling out, like Russell Crowe uh, dealing with a lot of, like they basically have a lot of, uh, depression kind of stuff Noah's wrestling with a lot of like heavy choices like him hitting like there's stuff in the Old Testament story that never gets acknowledged in like Sunday school like Noah drank a lot and this Mm -hmm. takes that and kind of makes it its own little thing kind of comes up with reasons for that to happen so then they just like make fun of him when he's like there's gonna be a flood and stuff it's like all right drunkie 
No, well, he get, he actually hits the bottle real bad after it's happened. Um, and oh, not the okay. The, the mug of fermented grapes. Like, it's very kind of sure and stuff. Um, but yeah, no, like, people... Like, actually, the way they kind of treat humanity dealing with the Ark is just like, fuck you, like, we're gonna take that thing. Because, you know, you're not leaving us here. We're, we're gonna survive, too. And it's just like, okay. So... Like, yeah. there's kind of a standoff centered around the Ark. Like, they don't totally disbelieve him outright. They just kind of are jealous. Like, they kind of frame it as, like, this is the tribe of Cain that was spurned by God for the first murder. So yeah. they haven't heard from God in a long time. So they're just kind of super jealous of Noah that he's in touch with him and all this stuff. And, like, they just want to kill him. And, yeah, it's kind of, you know, like, you kind of have to get over that hurdle of this movie thinks that, like God exists and was involved in the world in a very miracles kind of way and all this stuff happened, but they also kind of don't play entirely to that fundamentalist view either. Cause there's a sequence that basically sums up the creation story, but it seems very heavily inferred that evolution happened. Like there's right. time lapse that shows tons of time going by and like fish coming out of the ocean and different animals kind of emerging and all this stuff. So, and it's also just a visually amazing sequence. It's kind of this like rapid fire, like single frames animated, animated kind of look to it. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to describe, but it was like rotoscope, like fast. Like it was like, as I was watching it, I was like, I'm amazed. I'm like not having a seizure, but okay, I am in no way like nauseated by how fast paced this is flickering. Like it's kind of just perfectly like timed to just be really interesting looking. Like it's like, time lapse in a way I've never really seen it. It was really, really cool. So yeah, there's just some like top tier filmmaking sequences like that. And you know, it's Darren Aronofsky. He's, he's made quite a few films already. Like he knows what he's doing. And this is Someone apparently in the chat says, Noah seems like it's treating the old Testament. Like it's a comic book and adapting that material into a weird movie. Is that fair? Like it's kind um, of taking the basic story, making a little, making it a little bit more like, anime at like animated like shits going on to it and then like turning that into an aronofsky movie well occasionally because i mean there are some just like battle scenes and like russell crowe yeah. basically doing his gladiator thing and like fighting a bunch of dudes with like axes and hammers and stuff like it's kind of like that's not his gladiator thing that's russell crowe yeah. like he just showed up that day and they started filming yeah so. he's just a punchy guy so they just filmed that and it's just like okay well that was actually pretty good i'm surprised that's right how well choreographed that looks. He threw that axe across the thing and smoked that dude. Um, yeah, like there, there's like fight scenes in it and kind of some stuff that certainly wasn't explicitly ever in the Old Testament story, but it's better for it. Like whatever. Like I am, I am not beholden to the Bible to be like, you can't improve that thing. This has yeah. like better themes, way cooler angels and okay. <laughs> just, just like a better narrative arc to it. And it kind of rolls in a bunch of other kind of stuff. Like, there's almost... You know, like, the story of Abraham having to sacrifice Isaac? Like, that kind of dilemma of, like, do I trust God with this? And he's, like, literally about to kill a kid. Like, his son. Yeah. Like, they basically shoehorn that kind of Old Testament dilemma into this story. So it's, like, okay. him with a knife thinking about, like, well, I, I need to end humanity. Like, we don't deserve to continue. And him kind of, like, having to wrestle with that. That's not in the original story, but it, it makes for a really interesting, entertaining story that's just kind of, I don't know, wrestling with big questions about, you know, 
existence and I, I yeah it was really kind of exhilarating to see it play out i was i was really into it so yeah like as long as you can kind of not be super like slave to tradition and this story needs to be told this way or you don't want to be super snarky and be like none of this is real shut up like it's just an entertaining fantasy movie like just go go watch it on those terms and it's quite something like there's some really cool stuff in there so yeah, and Clint Mansell, dude, that dude does some cool music. Uh, Anthony Hopkins is like way old, so you know, that's cool. Yeah, Emma Watson. Sure. Emma Watson's you know, there. She's you know. You know what I'm gonna ask you next? What? What's that? What's that? I don't even believe I have to say these words because you already know. You can read my mind, but for the sake of people that cannot read my mind and what I'm gonna about to ask you. Yeah. How does this movie fit into the Russell Crowe timeline? So, like, is this the beginning where he's actually Noah, does the Ark fly, blah, 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 then he is a gladiator after, this, like, this does the rebuilt world? Gladiator. Okay. So, I guess it would be earlier in the timeline than that, but, uh, yeah. So... So this comes first, then Gladiator, and then after that, probably Robin Hood. Like, when we find out he actually didn't die. Yeah. He actually was Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. So that happened. And then we go a little further into the future, and he is... Uh, Cop. I, in I can't remember what the dude's name is. No, the Beautiful Mind guy. No, because that was later, wasn't it? Well, that... I don't remember, actually. I mean, probably, because I mean, LA, LA Confidential took takes place, place in, in the, the 40s. So. In the 40s. So, yeah. And he was a cop, yeah. And then after... And then he actually, like, you think he's okay at the end, because he just got shot through the jar or whatever, but actually he died. Immediately got... You know what? Chat, chat, makes a good, chat makes a good point. Master and Commander. He was oh, probably, yeah, that's right. 1700s. He was probably Master and Commander after he was his stint as Robin Hood. Yeah, and that's we can all agree on that. I think timeline wise, and then he became a cop after yeah. that because the sea was no longer for him. He lost his sea legs, and he became a landlubber, and became a cop, a flatfoot even. Yeah, and then he became John Nash, the mathematician. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but because of schizophrenia or whatever, like he didn't inhabit that consciousness until later in his life. So that's, that's right. Why. Because, like, otherwise the timelines would cross over and that doesn't make any sense. And, of course, this all ends in Virtuosity, where he is that weird computer guy and fights Denzel Washington. I barely... No, no, because after that happens... Okay. He's actually, in the future, he's Jarrell. He births Superman. That's not the future. That's, like, modern times, isn't it? It's, like, the... No, because they're ahead. They're, like, more evolved than humans. Well, they're more evolved, but that's just on a totally different planet. So that might actually be first. I don't even know. Like, how long did it take okay. for Kalel to get to Earth? Like, how long yeah. was that journey? So that's probably. I don't remember. I don't know. I need to or watch that... it to know where it fits in. I haven't seen it firsthand. That's some so. like extended universe bullshit. I guess so. The extended Russell okay. Crowe universe. That's like that's like fan fiction. That's not canon. That's not Russell canon. It's not even. <laughs> It's not what actually happened to Russell Crowe. So. I could have sworn he was a gunslinger or something in, like, a Western as well at some point. Was he ever in a Western? I could have sworn he is was. He in, like, is he in Quick of the Dead or something? Was he in that? <sighs> I don't know. Okay. I It just, it honestly seems like he was a gunslinger in the olden days. 
at I some point. I just googled Quick and the Dead. Uh, yeah, okay. he's in it. He is in Quick okay. and the Dead. So yes, he was. Okay, in so movie. that actually happened after Robin Hood. Before, after Master Commander. Yeah, after Master and Commander. And um, before LA Confidential, he was probably Romper Stomper. <laughs> like before? he was. Pro- really? Wasn't he like before LA Confidential? Why would he like he realized his shitty life at that point? Then he became a cop in LA Confidential. Okay. He was trying to stop all the future Romper Stompers. I can't remember his fucking name in that movie. I apologize. It's Mr. <laughs> Romper Stomper. His name's Ando in that movie. Okay. Okay, fair enough. I'm looking at the thing right now. Okay, whatever. Is this, like, some sort of thing? Is this kind of... Like, I know there's the Gladiator 2 thing. We just created it. Nick Cave was writing some weird sequel to that movie, which took place, like... I remember. I remember what I was. I just looked it up. I remember now what movie I was thinking of. It was Three Ten to Yuma. He was in. Oh yeah, no, that's a much yeah. more prominent western that he was in. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're right. <laughs> I don't know why my brain skipped over that movie I have seen and instead opted for Quick and the Dead, which I I have no knowledge of at all. I know Sam Raimi made it, but that's it. So, okay. Okay, Sorry. so pixelresponse.com, the home of the Russell Crowe timeline that will be on the site coming soon. I think I don't we're, know if that's we're a little bit in trouble because Cinderella Man also would cross over with, like, probably two of the movies we said because I think it's in the 40s, so L.A. Confidential is no, danger. It would have been in the, the, like, dirty 30s, right? During the Depression. You're right. So yeah. that dude, I guess, could be dead by the time L.A. Confidential starts. But, um, no, Russell Crowe does not die. Oh, it's just the same dude? You're saying he was a boxer and then he becomes a cop and changes his name? That's what I'm saying. This is his timeline. <laughs> this is like, when at when he eventually does die and becomes Jarrell or whatever computer-like form he takes on because yeah. he cannot die, he can only shed his human form. At his funeral, there will be like, Russell Crowe, this was your life, sort mm-hmm. of thing. And this is just, like, all the stuff that he's gone through in his life. Mm-hmm. From, like, 10,000 B.C. <laughs> to now, basically, yeah. or whatever Noah takes place. So you're right. Yeah, Noah is an important new entry in the Russell Crowe timeline, so people who are interested in seeing that in its entirety should probably check out that movie. How the hell did Russell Crowe all of a sudden become a topic? It's like Russell Crowe Russell Crow and Nick Cage now are just, like, the guys we talk about, I guess. What? Like, this just happened. We've never talked about Russell Crowe before. It, it, this is going to happen from now on. Okay, maybe in real. subsequent episodes we'll visit some more Russell Crowe movies, but we have not had a recurring Russell Crowe theme at all. So No, this is the start of it. Okay, it's welcome to the club, that. Russell Crowe. You're pretty sweet. Yeah. You and Nick Cage should probably start together at some point <laughs> in the greatest movie ever made. Um... I don't know. I'm try- I am I think that's it for movie stuff I was really excited about. Okay. Uh, there, You know, there's ongoing TV show stuff, but nothing of super note on that that I can think okay. of. So I'm done for media stuff. We can move on to... What? To what? Oh, right. We did go to a live weird thing that happened. Um, I kind of tweeted about it cryptically, but The Dark Carnival? Ha 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 ha! Welcome yeah. to the Dark Carnival. 
I yeah, think I remember went, ICP layers. We went to the Dark Carnival. Like, it was just an event in town, and we decided to go there. Um, the lyrics to uh, House of Illusions is playing in my head now. Great. I apologize. Um, yeah, you should be very sorry. So there's a local pub that is named Dickens. It has weird things there sometimes. Usually not that weird. Like, prior ones has just been, hey, they got Oculus Rift here. Do you want to check it out? Okay. And then, you know, yeah. play some stuff. Um, do you want to play some board games? Yeah, all right. Uh, do you want to see a band play, but on the screen is Batman Returns? Like, I always want that. So that was a yeah. match point. What band um, was it? I don't know. Some some local some local business. I, I'm not really sure. I, oh, I was mostly mesmerized by the Tim Burton movie. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just with the new backing score, it was actually really interesting. So yeah. you know, kind of weird, but not super weird. Uh, this was the strangest event I've been to there. It was uh, basically billed as kind of like this weird kind of sideshow, magic tricks, that kind of thing. Um, it was a dark carnival. ICP it, was there. Violent they played an ICP song, I think, because there was okay. some sort of lyric about getting blood all over a clown suit, and I was like, that sounds like something they would say. But I only know Bang Boom Pow, so I'm not sure. But, Do you um, know lyrics to it? For, for Bang Boom Pow stuff, a little bit. Do you? Because I don't really, except Miracles. Good, oh, like everybody. There's like the one song I actually kind of like. Oh, and in your face! Yeah. <laughs> or whatever that beginning goes like. Yep. But, yeah, uh, that's pretty bad. I still ain't got nobody. Like I, I'm lonely. Sure could use a homie. That's a great song. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Kind of sad. Um. But okay. During this song, I think was an ICP thing. There was a contortionist who was initially just kind of bending around, all weird. But then she started putting pins through her skin and tying balloons to them. And then a strange man, like actually no, a strange man came out and did that, and he had weird horns that were in his head, like that's just a surgical thing you can get, kind of like an earring or whatever, but just implanted in your head flesh. And I don't know, that was odd. But later that same gentleman uh, tethered himself to another guy via pins that were in their backs, and then ran apart from each other with this kind of rope in between them and it was kind of tugging at their back nope. flesh and nope. then a bunch of people came out and were kind of sitting on that rope and they were kind of holding them up like a weird suspension bridge but again with back flesh so there was like blood and stuff it was kind of horrible but um yeah th- there was also just kind of a guy that was like pinning clothespins to his face and then suspending somebody via a thing attached to his neck? Oh, his teeth. He had, like, a bit in his mouth, and then she was tied to him and pulling the ropes with the clothespins, and that (laughs) looked painful as well. So, just kind of weird pain endurance feats, I guess, is what you would call it. Um, And those were actually, like, I'd never seen those happen, so that was actually the most interesting part. There was also um, some bands that played and stuff, and they seemed fine. But by the time the second band played, I, we were kind of like, all right, I, it's getting late, and I'd rather just see kind of these weird acts wrap up, but I i don't want to see another like half-hour set by a band I've never heard of. And we had a meal and were tired, so we went home. Um, too much for us, I guess. I don't know. But um, yeah, needles and things. What was, is your favorite 
Joker card album by ICP. I haven't listened to any of them. Um, what is I've, the one featured in Solaris, the Steven Soderbergh movie? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> they play a track from ICP in that movie. How does it go? Oh, I need to bo- I need to find the clip. I have it, but I don't I don't have it right now. So I apologize. I can't recall this instantly. I guess I could just look it up. Uh, I think technically, I don't know if Bang Pow Boom counts as an album. As a Joker card. It, no, as a Joker card. It oh, might. okay. The ones I always come to are the ones that I grew up with, which is Ringmaster, oh, Riddlebox, it, Great Malenko, and the Amazing Jekyll Brothers. The the song is Riddlebox. Oh, Riddlebox. Okay, Riddlebox is great. <laughs> That's yeah, great it, song. It, it is in that movie. So okay, there you go. That that is by proxy to a movie I like. My favorite ICP <laughs> album of that series. Is it Bang Boo? My favorite. Isn't Bang My Boom favorite Pow album like was return? Great Malenko for sure. Okay. I thought I thought Bang Boom Pow was supposed to be a return to the Dark Carnival kind of stuff. Like I thought that I th- was another. Demon. I think you're right because before that was the Tempest, which was fine, but the Tempest was a ride in the Dark Carnival, if I remember correctly. Okay. It was, a, it was like a roller. The Tempest was like a roller coaster that killed you or something. Okay. I can't remember. So it's a concept album, but it's more distanced from their regular stuff. Right. Great so Malenko is where it's at. Yep. Yeah. Have you seen their movies? I've been curious about their movies. Big Money uh, Hustlers and Big Money Hustlers. No. Why yeah. would I? I don't know. <laughs> I just, you know, they're musical men, but they also made goofy movies. Like, I'm just wondering if you ever ever looked into those. That's kind of just been something I've been thinking about for a while. It was on Netflix for a little bit. Rustlers, was it? Yeah. Yeah but I didn't click play. I probably should have, in retrospect. I'm going to see if it's on there right now. But, um, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, that was another media thing that happened of sorts. Okay. Um, yeah, just had to bring it up. Okay, I'm. I, I, that's it for me, though. Do Question time, or is there You're some... completely out? Holy shit. I played threes some more. I also Actually, I started ball. playing threes. It's okay. It's pretty fun. It's okay, yeah. It's um, a phone game. Like, <laughs> yeah, I flip the, the tiles around when I'm listening to stuff on a bus. Like, it does its job. Or, like, if you're waiting for, like, something, if you're, like, in a waiting room or something, and then when you're done, you just put it back in your pocket and you don't care. Yeah, like, it's, it's not one of those. You don't, don't care. No. Um, I guess uh, Towerfall is still cool. Like, when you unlock new stuff, it definitely does remind me of the Smash Brothers thing of, like, new challenger approaches kind of thing. Like, you don't know exactly what it is you did. But there is a new piece of content now, and that's fun. So okay. they do that pretty well. Like, it's just like, I don't know why, but there's a new character here now, and we have to fight them. And then you unlock them, and it's like, okay, cool. So that's my one we, kind of new thing. We have to that. fight them? Yeah. You have to shoot arrows at them and jump on them. That kind of stuff. Um, okay. There you go. So question time? Yeah, let's do it. I just got to close this thing that I had open and took up my whole screen, my notepad of all the stuff I've done, which is literally four things, and they are all video games. Yeah. Okay, voicemails, here we go. Mm-hmm. Hey, Paul. Hey, Nathan. Meowth and I watched Space Dandy last week. Meowth got excited because there were two dandies in this episode. What? I never saw Meowth like this before. But then at the end, Dandy said there was like a chameleons everywhere. We could all be chameleons. 
I mean, I could be a chameleon. Meowth could be a chameleon, but she's so sexy, I would care. And uh, Paul would be a chameleon, and Nathan would be a chameleon, Albus would be a chameleon, Foxy Akin would be a chameleon, maybe even Zeta Shade could be a chameleon. Oh man, Mario 64 Mario could be a chameleon, Train Drops could be a chameleon, Ben Sabotage could be a chameleon. Oh, so much chameleons. I'll see you with the stream. Was there a lot of chameleons in the episode? Like, what is... Hey, Paul, how was my space dandy? No, wait, not space dandy. Marshmallow doesn't have the courtesy to be space dandy. I was doing a marshmallow impression. Was it good? I hope it was good. I want Paul to notice that I'm good at doing impressions of people. And also, Nathan... You asshole. I do not have bitch tits. Uh, I didn't say that. I was talking so about Fight Club. Mean, Nathan, why you gotta be so mean? You know I'm insensitive about it. Never mind. Nathan's just a meanie face. Nathan's a meanie face, and he hasn't even played Pokemon yet. It's true. Nathan, you are hereby known as the meanie face of the podcast. You beat Paul. You beat Paul saying I'm a moron by calling me a bitch. Dance. See <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you talk about. Weird First of all, that marshmallow, that marshmallow impression was pretty good. I think that's why she just kept going on naming, like, everybody as a chameleon. Oh, okay. And then said something about how Meowth is so sexy. <laughs> right, that is not typical Meowth material. So, right. okay. I, I just feel bad about the, the Fight Club thing, because I was referring to... <laughs> Like, I guess if you refer to something that they don't have the context for, it just sounds, like, totally out there. But it's like, no, dude, I thought everyone had seen Fight Club. I, even though Brittany hasn't seen it. So, people clearly haven't. <laughs> but, yeah, we can watch it sometime. I have it. Um, <laughs> we, can, we can watch it sometime. We can watch just, it. Like, it's off camera. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry about it. Um, yeah, so, I, I, sorry, but watch that movie? Don't read the book. I've read the book, too. The movie's better. But, um, because you get to listen to music while it's playing. And also, David Fincher. Stylish. Um, Chameleons, was there a question about that, or is it just Space Dandy? Have you seen this episode? About being mad. No, I have to catch up on. I haven't been watching a lot of uh, TV stuff lately. I got to catch up on a bunch of stuff. I know how it's spelled. It was a joke. Because Chameleon Air. Anyway. That's right. They see me rolling. They hatin', trying to catch me riding dirty. Uh-huh. Next voicemail. Hey, Paul. Hey, asshole. Anyways, this news is about Space Dandy, so Paul better listen up. The recent episode of Space Dandy, the one that's going to come out on Saturday of this week, is going to be the last episode of Space Dandy Season 1. So, Space Dandy Season 2 won't be out till July, so you may have to find a show that will keep your interest for the next... Two to three months, possibly. And that's just a little hint for you. So, I'm sure you can find some other show to watch. Now, I should probably tell Asshole that Space Dandy, the dubs will be up on the Funimation site. Some point in May. So, he better enjoy them. Or at least watch them. And if he doesn't enjoy them, there is something wrong with him. Okay. Anyways, the Attack on Titan dub has also been announced last weekend during Anime Boston. And I'm okay with the results. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be good. And that's my opinion. So, uh, Paul, 
Do you think you could watch any more anime? I've been enjoying Fairy Tale. I can recommend it to you if you want. Actually, Fairy Tale I think, <laughs> is on Netflix, so maybe because it's easily accessible. Like I at guess, least one episode. I kind of forgot. I did watch the first episode of Sword Art Online. Um, okay, let's do it. Wait, Okay. Well, it had a cool premise established, but it also seems like a thing that could do the anime thing of going on forever. Because it's like, there's no real confines to the scenario, so it could just keep going. It sounds but, like uh, some little girl wants to fuck her brother or something. What? <laughs> it honestly was <laughs> reminding me... Stop in there, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Have you seen Existence? Like the David Cronenberg movie? Hmm? No? Saying, do I remember it? No, have you seen it? Oh, like bits and parts, but no. I'm just okay. going to say no. I guess it kind of reminded me of that. It's basically like a bunch of people log into this hot new video game that is like a VR game, and yeah. then almost immediately they realize they can't log out from the game, and then the creator of the game shows up in the game and says, hey, um, yeah, that's not a glitch. That is a feature. You can't actually leave unless you exit through the hundredth level of this tower oh and if you remove the headset you die okay bye and then that's the end of the first episode and it's just kind of like all these video game players trapped in this weird dilemma and or like this terrible kind of horror movie scenario kind of thing and like x-files I guess, x-files had an episode like that okay but this is that's i guess kind of what i mean like i don't mind that as a premise but if it's going to be like a whole show forever that sounds like I, I might get tired of it eventually, so I don't know if I'm going to continue down that at all. But um, I I did like how they just kind of were hip to kind of gaming culture lingo and stuff, or like tuning into streams and like kind of being in clans and all this kind of stuff. Like it seemed kind of with video games in a way that was kind of cool to see in a show. And also they just the UI and stuff they come up with kind of looked plausible enough. Um, okay. My only beef is it's set in the 2020s, though, and there's talk of them lining up around the block to get this new video game. And I was just like, no, digital downloads. Like, that'll be the thing by then, right? So, I don't know. Seemed a little weird. I'm being told that if you enjoyed uh, Sword Art Online to stick with it for the first season, then you can stop watching because the second one's terrible. Oh, that's too bad. But, um... Actually, I've heard that from a lot of people. Is it it falters after the first season? I can't remember what episode they said, but they're like, just stop at like thirteen or fourteen or something or sixteen. They're like, just stop there. That's it. That's the end of the series. <laughs> I was like, oh okay. <laughs> that's that's too bad, I guess. But it it did seem like a cool cool premise. But uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anime and Space Dandy. Have you seen the Chameleon episode that people are talking about, or how far are you in that? Same place I was. I haven't watched it since I was talking about it like three or two weeks ago. Okay. Yep. So uh, get on your case too, and then people will be mad at me. Anyway. When people start running a site, maybe then they can get on my case. Next voicemail. Oh. Hey, okay. ball. Hey, asshole. Again. I'm enjoying Fairy Tale. It involves a wizard called Natsu. He fights with fire. A wizard named Gray who fights with ice and is shirtless most of the time. A girl named Lucy who is like the Sakura, and she fights using spirits, so she doesn't actually fight, she just has spirits to fight for her. Which reminds me of Sakura in a way, because she doesn't really fight that much. And then you have Urza, and she uses her swords. 
and changes the different outfits. So it's basically like fan service. And uh, then you have Wendy. She's like the little girl of the group. She uses healing magic. So that's her role. There's also a talking cat named Happy. He's a boy cat. And he basically provides the comic relief and sarcastic undertones, which is awesome. And there's also a girl cat named Carly or Carla. She is basically the hoity-toity cat that's grumpy most of the time. Kind of like me, except not as hoity-toity. I'm just grumpy. Especially at guys who call me bitch tits. But anyways, hey Paul, do you think the asshole could ever play Pokemon? I mean, I ask him every week, but he says he never does, and it makes me a little sad on the inside. I mean, the game's been around for 25 years, and think he could pick it up and play it. <sighs> hey, I swear if he plays Pokemans, I'll watch My Little Pony. Oh! The Wait, stakes. I thought Meowth are... Okay, now I'm confused. The stakes have been raised. Okay. Pokemon, she'll watch My Little Pony. There you go. First season only... I guess. Anyway. That's what I says about everything. It's like, just watch the first season. Just watch the first season. It's all downhill after that. Um, okay. Dude, Pokemon's not that old, is it? Because I'm playing a game that's like 19 years old, and I'm pretty sure Isn't it's it older. 90, isn't it 95 or 6? It might be 96. I, I don't know. It doesn't sound like... Here, it might be 96, yeah. I don't game, know. Okay. Pokemon Red? Anyway, okay, uh, I, I will eventually play Pokemon. Like I said on the Pixel Stuff subreddit, which is, you know, a place to go for some information, um, yeah. we work at the same place now, so we can exchange games and movies with each other like it's nothing. So I could probably borrow it in the relatively near future. And provided yeah. I'm done playing Chrono Trigger and stuff, I might get around to that. 96. February 96 in Japan. It came out in 98 here. So, okay. There you go. I have a question for the chat and for anybody that wanted, if they want to write in or tell us on Twitter as well. I only have two actual carts of Pokemon currently, and it is Pokemon Platinum and Pokemon. Oh, I don't have a cart for uh, X. It has to be platinum. Unless I loan you my DS, which I wouldn't be adverse to doing because I don't ever play it anyway. But what game should I lend Nathan? Pokemon X or Platinum? Wait, I have a DS. I, I don't know why that would matter. but Because it's a download game on my DS. Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. But yeah. You can I thought I was going to borrow the, chat the... Like, it. Platinum, yeah, yeah. But okay. Yeah, either way. It doesn't matter to me. But um, they're, they're all the same anyway. There's like, no. Uh, no, X isn't. Other oh, okay. than that, yeah. Other than that, yes. But yeah. But um, yeah. Coliseum. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> just go completely off the wall. Right. Like, it's just like I did play Pokemon. I played that GameCube one with the shadows. What was that one called? Oh, that was Coliseum, wasn't it? The Shadow no, Pokemon. G- XD Gale of Darkness. That's the one. Oh, I don't Gale play. of Darkness. Yeah. Holy shit. That's the only one. No. <laughs> 1995, or 2005, rather. Exclusive to the GameCube. All right. So this time, we got some more voicemails from Marshmallow. They He only sent me two. 
I'm wondering if a third one got lost in the ether somewhere. I apologize if it did, but I only got two. Hmm. So, anyways, let's go ahead and get this started. Here we go. Hey, Paul. Hey, Nate. Guess what, Paul? You know how Meowth reminds Nathan about Space Dandy and Pokemon every week? Well, have you played Grand Theft Auto V online with me yet? I'm sure, sure future me knows who's in your chat right now. I know you said you'd play it with me like as soon as it came out. It's been months now. Now for my second order of business. The 90% I have a feeling that a lot of you don't follow me on Twitter. Um, follow Marshmallow on Twitter. That's F-O-U-L-M-A-R-S-H-M-A-L-L-O-W. That's foul with a U, not a W. That's one of my other seven accounts, though. Now that I have given you directions to my Twitter and performed one of my classy shameless plugs, tell me what you think of my voicemails. I know most people like them, but it's really something else to hear it. Positive feedback is the reason I can be an idiot in voicemails and not want to go hang myself afterwards. The whole reason I bring up this issue is because in Polly Walnut's Pokemon stream, someone had heard my voicemails, but I didn't even know they existed. It's kind of refreshing. Usually it's the other way around. Paul, Nate, don't think I've forgotten about you. My question is, of the people who listen to the podcast both here and not here, what three listeners do you think are most likely to be a robot, an alien, and a government spy? I think Volusian is the government spy and has probably had some special training. I'll see you at the stream. So what three members that listen to the podcast, either off-air like or live, mm-hmm. is an alien, a robot, and a government spy? Oh, okay. I just heard robot, so I wasn't sure what the he full question was. That Volusion is probably a government spy, and that's probably correct, especially in regards to a voicemail we got from him coming up. <laughs> okay, I'll, I guess I'll second that. Um, based on little information, just kind of Twitter behaviors. I am um, not robot. Marina and the Diamonds. iTunes. I think they're on iTunes. Anyways, uh, Robot. The robot is probably Marshmallow. It just makes sense as to why he likes Gundam so much and why he mm, can... Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, well, like it's kind of just to go to the most talkative listeners, but do you think Meowth's probably the alien? Just with this space dandy fascination? That's probably the only real reason, right? Because it resembles like everyday reality. That's why. Mm, like, no? probably... Okay. See that? Because she is named after a cat that talks. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Um, And Marshmallow is definitely the robot because I don't know anybody else that can say 20 words in one second. So, there's that. seeing in the chat here that we could ascribe strange different characteristics to. Yeah, I don't know. I think Foxy is just a fox. Yep. So, I mean... Maybe an alien fox, but no, probably just a fox. Okay. Hebrew lantern? A Jew. Ooh, South Park jokes. Jews aren't. It's a class in there, so, you know, it's not offensive. It's the paladin class, which is my favorite class in everything. Oh, did you play as a Jew? I I didn't, because I didn't realize it was actually the paladin class. I thought it was just, like, a throwaway joke sort of thing, and I was pissed off when I realized that that's what it was. Ah, okay. I guess there's so, specific achievements for it, too, so... Hmm. Mm-hmm. Why would we call it... Anyway, okay. Racial <laughs> slurs. We don't do not read those. that. Yeah, okay. I won't. I won't. 
because then there'll Next. be a bad void audio clip out there. So, yeah. Next voicemail from Marshmallow. Here we go. Hey, Paul. Hey, Nate. I have Asperger's. It bothers me how Asperger's sounds like Asperger's. I guess I'll talk about Asperger's since it is almost Friday and I haven't come up with anything more interesting or funny to talk about. I had a fucked up childhood that I couldn't explain in 9 million seconds, let alone 90. I'll just talk about certain parts and basic stuff. I was diagnosed with Asperger's in second grade, so I've known that I've had it for almost three-fourths of my life since I'm 20 now. If you don't know what the symptoms of Asperger's are, there's a website called Google that was made with you in mind. Anyway, I remember when I was younger, I always hoped there would be some miracle cure for Asperger's because I wanted it to fit in and be what I thought everyone else was, normal. You know what I have realized, though? I don't want to be normal. What I perceived as normal, I now perceive as boring. I don't even think there is a normal anymore. Ask someone you think is normal, nine swords they would wield if they were Gilgamesh from Final Fantasy V. They can't do it. Only weird people are concerned with pop culture swords and Gilmas. It's a weird fucking question. Bottom line is, normal is boring, fitting in is overrated because most people are idiots, weird and unique is best, and if I did take an Asperger cure, I would not be me anymore. I don't want the cure. My question is, what pop culture characters do you think have the best and worst facial hair? FYI, normal people aren't concerned with daggers or knives either. I'll see you at the stream. Uh, okay, so the Asperger's thing. Uh, my brother is diagnosed with it. Not my youngest, but my, like the one right under me, four years younger. Uh-huh. Um, he wasn't diagnosed with it until he was about 12 or like 14, somewhere in there, 12 to 14. And um, I think when he was diagnosed with it, it helped clear a lot of things out of his head. Mm. It was kind of like a, why am I not like other people sort of thing? And then when you can actually like be like, no, you are like other people. It's just that these other people have like a social condition sort of thing where they act a different way than like the mass sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It just kind of com- it was comforting for him to know that he was like part of a group still. And he wasn't just like the only person in the world with it. So I don't know. I do get the Asperger's thing quite a bit, and yes, I make the joke all the time about Asperger's, but that is a personal... I, like, almost hesitate saying it, because it, it, like, always sounds like that. Is it more like Asp? Like the snake? Burgers? That's exactly how it is. It's A-S-P-B-E-R-G-E-R-S, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, a whole lot of people I know, and that we know, actually, through the internet and stuff have been diagnosed with it and quite frankly they're completely normal people is just that they seem to know a lot about certain stuff that they're into there was a while there where i thought that you might have asperger's okay (laughs) the way you would talk about stuff was very much in that respect where it's like you have to know everything about something you're into and that is very like basic Asperger's thing. That, okay. Like, that's why Marshmallow, like when he's into Gundam, he knows everything about Gundam. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, I've always kind of admired that aspect where people can be so into something that they know everything about it. But like, yeah, I don't know. There's no line of distinction drawn in the sand for me. P- 
people are people. And uh, I'm, I'm maybe a little intrigued by this one symptom, which is repetitive interests, like just watching and rewatching things. Like I've been doing that since I was a kid, so I don't know. See, do you like, see what I mean? <laughs> like... Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. But, but uh, there is I this do... website called Google where you can learn things, so I guess I can read more about it. But I do agree with the sentiment that, uh, like, normal people or whatever, like whatever you perceived as normal when you were growing up. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of boring because I think the most fun I've ever had in my life was when I stopped trying to feel like I should be normal and just started like being myself mm-hmm. and doing things I wanted to do instead of like what would be the fun or cool thing to do. So I think he's probably onto something there. But yeah, as for your other question, which icon or popular like culture person has the worst facial hair? Was that okay? I didn't hear that in there, but um, okay. Which <laughs> pop culture person has the worst facial hair? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man, I'm trying to think of like, you know, like is it someone who just like keeps rocking a beard but just can't pull it off or something? Like it's just like no, stop it, stop it. I'm just trying to think of some right now. Anytime I mean, Donnie Darko with a beard is usually kind of weird, but that's not like the worst facial hair. It's just kind of a weird. Oh, like Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah. <laughs> he kind of does have a beard in uh, Enemy, that movie I was way into. So Yeah. Yeah. It can work. Um, not, not super long kind of thing, but man. The worst facial hair. I mean, Logan Lerman in Noah had kind of a spotty mustache and stuff going on at the end of that movie, but that was very much kind of intentional, like, coming-of-age kind of thing. It wasn't supposed to look awesome, so... I don't think there's anybody... I honestly can't think of anybody that just has the worst fate. Oh! What's his name? Hulk Hogan. (laughs) No, not him, but... Okay. Okay. Oh, brother! Yep. Um... I mean, if we're going to talk about facial hair, like, maybe any time they try to put facial hair on Final Fantasy characters, because it always just looks like an effeminate gay male with, like, a goatee or something. Okay, I just typed so, in Final Fantasy beard. Okay. Actually, yeah, some of these aren't very good. <laughs> um, oh, man. What is happening here? Yeah, okay. So square characters, just as like a blanket thing. That's not really a pop culture person, but yeah, no, they. So <laughs> Final Fantasy character designs can't pull off facial hair. I will second pretty, this motion based on this. Yeah, image pretty search. much. Like, okay. does that count? I think that should probably count, right? Because that's kind of like we're going one step above and not just saying. Well, this one character, we're saying this whole slew of anything Square does, basically, with facial hair mm-hmm. is kind of the worst. Yeah, I'm uh, sure I'll allow that for sure. Um, man. I don't know, yeah, there's, there's no one really coming to mind as just like, that's terrible, don't do that. So, yeah, I guess... There, no, no one lasts that long in the entertainment business if they can't do facial hair, I guess. One of my friends that I used to work with, like, seven years ago, 
I remember one time he had this badass, like, huge beard, mm-hmm. and he shaved it one day, and then he shaved it into this, like, weird looking handlebar mustache that went down to like his neck sort of thing that was probably the worst facial hair i've ever seen because on him it looked absolutely fucking terrible but like other than that (laughs) i don't know no dude nick cage's mustache in raising arizona is fine nick cage's mustache is probably like is fine yeah him with a beard is pretty weird I, his so, that picture of him from that new movie Joe I thought just looked really rad so I might disagree but yeah yeah you know what anybody that has a Hitler is kind of shitty yeah I've always hated Charlie Chaplin Jeez. yeah fuck Charlie Chaplin kind of yeah mm-hmm. I mean he's almost worse than worse than Kiefer Sutherland almost Ooh, not quite Kiefer Sutherland yet. ever rocked like a giant beard can he pull it off Let's see you know what he he probably could honestly. I'm going to go ahead and say Hitler. Okay. And, like, Square Enix. <laughs> Square Enix Actually, yeah. and Hitler. Michael Jordan's Same Hitler guy. stash was really bad, too. Now that I remember. Michael Jordan? Had, Michael Jordan had... It wasn't, like, a Hitler stash, necessarily, but it was, like, a little tuft of hair under his nose. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it was. Now that I'm looking at it. Okay. Michael Jordan's weird little mustache. No good. That counts, right? Yeah. We'll count that, too. There you go. You had some better examples. I, I don't think about it that much, apparently. See, Call I'm those. just kind of pull. I'm kind of pulling these from the chat, though. They seem to know more about this stuff than I ever want to know, if we're going to be honest here. Why are pictures of just Nick Cage hanging around so prevalent? Like, this is just kind of sad. <laughs> Just paying a note. Yeah. All right. I have no idea. Next voicemail? Okay. All right, here we go. Actually, I'm just going to check on something quickly and see if maybe I can fix the problem you're having. But can you think of anybody else? I feel bad for Charlie Chaplin. Eh, he knew what he was getting into when he was trying to rock the Hitler. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Well, The Great Dictator, that was like a parody about Hitler. So that's fair to do, right? That's it's not wrong. Now I'm thinking, has Jerry Seinfeld sure. ever tried to grow a beard? Because I bet that would look weird. Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, hmm. a, Jerry Seinfeld beard. Has that ever happened? Nope. See? It hasn't, huh? No, and there's probably a reason. There's a mustache in this one episode, but that was... Okay. Of- How did that go for him? Uh, it looks kind of ridiculous and exaggerated in a way that, you know, it's a comedy show. Um, yeah, no, I I bet maybe he wouldn't look great with oh, based on this. Let's let's flip it quickly. Okay. Who has great Who, facial hair? That would that looks terrible or would look terrible without their facial hair. Because Kevin Smith without mm. facial hair looks weird. He looks like a turtle or something that just crawled out of his shell for the first time. So, like, fresh-faced Kevin Smith. It's oh. weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, I did. I There are a few pictures that exist. And, yeah, it's a little strange. It's I guess you're always so used to seeing it that it's just part of who he is now. Huh. Okay. 
Um, yeah, Zach Galifianakis, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking Tom Selleck when he shaves the stash. He looks weird. Tom Selleck minus stash. George Lucas, yes, without a beard, looks fucking weird. Like young George Lucas? Oh, no, you're, he had a stash and stuff then, too. Yeah. Yeah, again, I don't know if I've ever seen him without it now that you mention it. Without beard. Yeah. Meh. This is so- I don't know. The eyebrows are pretty defined, so they kind of make it work. It doesn't look that crazy. All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. that's all I can really think of. Like, the Kevin Smith one is huge. That, like, when he shaves, or, like, the few times he's ever shaved, he looks fucking weird. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh! Uh, I For people that don't rock facial hair very well, I've always hated every time Jason Mewes has done facial hair. It's always looked bad, in my opinion. Okay. I think, I think it's because his face is too sharp, maybe, to, like be covered up with hair or something i have no freaking idea but um he always grows a weird like rat stash or like some gross sort of thing but yeah i don't know Uh, okay anyways let's move on to the next voicemail you ready ready for this i am ready okay this is one vel sent and i think this might be the first one he's ever sent us so Let's go ahead and listen to this. Hello, gentlemen. The Foreign Service regrets to inform you that your identities have been divulged to enemy operatives as field agents. We have apprehended the informant, and we apologize for the inconvenience. However, these operatives have already placed explosive devices around your residence. The Foreign Service has provided you with a rucksack of supplies, including rations and water. We have also left an empty, standard-sized duffel bag for your personal possessions. Choose what you take wisely. You have five minutes until the devices detonate. We will contact you again shortly. Shit, man. Five minutes. We have a double... Okay, we have rations and water in a rucksack. Okay. I kind of... That one was weirdly inaudible past a certain point, too, so I don't know what happened. Um, That we can fill with our possessions. We have five minutes. Um... I grab my cat, I grab a blanket, some change, a quick change of clothes, and my Haunter Pokemon plushie. Your Haunter Pokemon? I'm, okay. Then I'm probably set. Sorry, what's the scenario? We have five minutes before our house explodes, we need to gather some stuff and get out? Get fuck out. Oh no. Um, the computer? Probably? Yeah, because you have all a- sorts of digital data on there and stuff? Yeah. Um, photo albums? Are those important? Meh. Okay. Hmm. My journal stuff. I'd probably grab that. Uh, that's small enough and kind of right here. So yeah, I'd grab my journal. Uh, the the thing of family DVDs. Uh, the computer. And. I think that's kind of it, probably. I'm trying to think if there's any, like, precious thing that is irreplaceable. 
like you know posters and whatever that's not that big a deal um yeah that's kind of a rough scenario but those are the things that spring to mind is stuff that i probably would regret not having after the fact that's not replaceable so yeah okay there you go hilarious answer i know i i, I don't know what do you want uh, i don't think the condoms and the loop. That's all we need. That's all we need. Da, da, da. Sex. Um, <laughs> my new pajamas. They're great. Da, da, da. Sex. Yeah. There's a thing of cashews <laughs> over there. I bet those would be pretty tasty. Um, yeah, no, probably honestly, like, yeah, write, writings. Nathan's terrible. He's thinking too slowly. You have five minutes. Oh, that's right. I guess. Oh, it exploded. We're just thinking about what I'd grab. Did you say, like, a change of clothes? No. You're such a piece of shit. <laughs> You're so gross. I probably should have thought about that. Like, just grab a sack, <laughs> throw a bunch of clothes in there, and then you know, throw the... Listen, de- actually, just a big garbage bag would be perfect for all this stuff. Just throw stuff in, throw stuff in. Sack, run outside, and then good to go. So, you know, Chrono Trigger's still on. I haven't saved in a little while. Throw that in the sack. With Vinny talking on, like, podcasts and stuff, I've been thinking about making a bug-out bag. Not because I think we're in danger, Mm -hmm. but because, like, it might be good to, if something ever happened, to just be able to pick up a bag and walk out of your house and leave forever. Sort of thing. Yeah. I guess... Who knows? No, I have thought about that, too, but I don't want to get into that weird paranoia. Because, I mean, we were in the States after PAX... And, like, just at a Walmart or something. And they're, like, weird about their apocalypse readiness kind of stuff. Like, there was, like, food buckets and, like, just kind of stuff you'd put in a storm shelter kind of things just kind of in Walmart. And I was like, you guys are a little paranoid. Like, you guys got to settle down. This is weird to me. So, yeah. That there's a market enough for like people storing food in case something goes horrible that it's like enough of it for Walmart to get in on that. That's a little strange. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So, but yeah, no, just like a, a bag of like, this is important, maybe basic survival stuff and also just important things that you'd want to have. I've been playing the Daisy. Oh, and okay. I have found out that when you're stuck in a situation with nothing but the clothes on your back, you're fucked. Like, <laughs> so, if they, he said in his voicemail, they've given you a rucksack full of rations and water. And that, those are the big things in Daisy. After that, it's finding clothes or whatever for more pockets and whatnot. And like little shit like that. Maybe finding a can opener and stuff mm-hmm. like that. That's the type of stuff I might pack. It's like the can opener. Or, like, a knife or something. Or if I had one in the house, a gun for sure with ammo would be in that yeah. bag. I have a but I'm not, Ameri- I'm not American, I so I don't have an arsenal, unfortunately. I've mm. been thinking about getting my gun license for a while, but that's a whole different story. But, yeah, I guess that's our answers. Next voicemail. Okay. Burns me his lip, Paul. Keeps your lips smooth. You know what makes me smooth? Think about Krasnor. He's got that Persona 4 arena. It's your luck. Play him, show him what smooth lips are really like. I'm beating him, so far, arena. Lips are so dry, giving some of my birds bees, their real beeswax. There was one time I was fighting in the African Sahara, these bees were me. I tried to do false defense, to jump in, and to 
to be to the lodger. It didn't work because they're not people. Fucking bees. Anyway, the question. Have you ever played a game where you wanted the secondary character to be the protagonist? So the protagonist. I'm sorry, I screwed up there a little bit. That's the question. Because when I played Persona 4, I thought to myself, wow, this is really stupid. And this silver-haired, stupid motherfucker gets all the girls. And I'm going to try it. the strategy guy. says, in order to get this vagina wetter, you have to, in order to moisten it. And all the beeswax is up all the It's not for those that forget my meaning. Uh, uh. So, what do you think? What? Secondary character. Would you want it to be the protagonist? The protagonist. Okay, wait, okay. was that okay. playing back like in a very kind of start-stop way, or was he speaking in kind of like two syllables at a time? He was speaking in that way. Okay, that Did you ever I, play no. Persona Four Arena? Like, is was it like that? I okay. So I have yeah. who sent it, and it makes sense to me now. Okay, so who sent it is a guy named Carlos. Okay. Uh, handsome fat man, aka Specs, aka a thousand different aliases online. Yeah. Uh, on YouTube, he's Axel Hander. But um, that dude does this weird persona in videos. Uh, like, there's a thing called uh, Burt's Beeswax or something for lip balm or something. Yeah, like no, that. we used to sell it at Shoppers Drug Mart when I worked there. Yeah. So he does videos where it's just that label as the picture, and he does that voice as Burt sort of thing. Talk. <laughs> About weird shit. Okay. So that's why he was talking like that. Gotcha. And then he was talking about making vaginas wet and using Burt's beeswax for it or something. I have no idea. But his main question was, have you ever played a game where this, you wish the secondary character was the protagonist of the video game? The first thing that comes to mind right away is... Final Fantasy X, because the HD collection came back out, I wish yep. Oron yep. was the character. That's the one that came to mind, too. That like He like defines secondary character who's way cooler than the main character. He's got a scar across his eye. Oh, He's got a giant that's... sword that like he holds in this kind of way that lets you know it's heavy. It's awesome. Yeah. Let's, yeah. Uh, let's go to a series we both love. Metal mm-hmm. Gear Solid 2, I wish you played as Snake Plissken, a.k.a. Snake. Like the whole Instead game, yeah, yeah. I guess I've I've gotten really used to that game, just the way it flows. And I agree with you. Kind of I'm not, important secondary character. I'm not but... complaining at all about him. Yeah, like Raiden. But I am saying I would rather play a Snake in okay. that game because Snake, and because Snake. One of my favorite assets about Snake at this point is mm-hmm. that Kiefer Sutherland did not voice him in that game, so that is a huge plus to me. So, <laughs> oh, okay. So you're like Snake Plissken, really awesome compared to solid or big boss nowadays. Ugh. Yeah, gotcha. Um, man, I'm trying to think. I mean, like it seems to be like a lot of times in RPGs, like even in Chrono Trigger, people like Frog a whole lot. So yeah. you know, he's he's a contender for that. Um, I think the Vincent thing that makes Valentine. that difference though, is that what? when you're playing as Chrono, yeah. The reason why you're playing as Chrono is because he's the silent protagonist and everyone else is actually the protagonist. Kind of, yeah. He's just the avatar for you to like, do stuff. You, that's you in the game. So The problem with uh, Titus, or Titus, however you want to pronounce his name, in Final yeah. Fantasy X is that he was not silent protagonist. He was a character that you <sighs> controlled, and he was far worse than any other. I would have liked to play as Lulu, because one thing, she's magical, 
Second thing, she holds a Moogle as like her main thing. Third, she has nice tits. Yeah, I was gonna say Done. hot, so you missed that yeah. one. Um yeah, I didn't miss that. That was like pretty far up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Moogles, man. You gotta Moogles. hold a Moogle. Little Moogie plus. I'm holding Moogie a haunter right now. Yeah. It's a source of my podcasting magic. Um it, weirdly it is RPGs that seem to have this happen a lot. Like uh I think it's Kratos in Tales of Symphonia. He's cool. He's pretty cool. Okay. Um okay. Trying to think of like, oh, sorry, Square Step. I said Vincent Valentine, but then they decided to grant that wish and make a game centered around that dude. And yeah. I didn't play a lot of Dirge of Cerberus, so it's not that good. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't, you know, always. Oh, the character—that was the problem. Like, it's like, well, not that there was an inherent problem with Final Fantasy VII. It's just, yeah, different characters. Sometimes you get a little envious of that. I guess, yeah, when it's kind of like the game just arbitrarily assigns you a role. <laughs> And it's just like, why am I this guy when I could just as easily be playing as this guy? Like, he's with me the whole time anyway. Like, wh- what do you? why was that decision made? In the case of Final Fantasy X specifically, that seems especially arbitrary. Would you rather play as Waka? What was it was Waka? I'd rather play as Tidus. Than Waka? Okay. Waka is Matt Imagino. LeBlanc. What? He looks like Matt LeBlanc. Oh, okay. But I think he's voiced by John DiMaggio. He is. No, you're okay. completely right. Yeah. But every time I see him, I see Joey mm. from Friends. So. So there you go. I'm trying to think if there's any other like really noteworthy examples. Just like in Yoshi's Island, I kind of wish I was just playing as Yoshi without no baby. Does that count? Yeah. Yeah. Get that baby out of here. Every time I'm playing a Mario game, I'm kind of wishing I was playing anybody else. Playing a Zelda game, why can't you just be Zelda? Why didn't anyone ever think of that? I, you know what? I actually agree with you. I think Zelda would be great, but I mean, again, it's the same thing. Link's silent protagonist. He's the avatar for you to control in the world. Yeah. So Did you play? You played doesn't... Skyward Sword, right? No. I oh, okay. Just I don't Zelda in that one is kind of tough and interesting in a way where she could actually have been a character that because she kind of goes to different temples and stuff and does her own thing for a good chunk of that story. But, mm. um, yeah, I don't know. That game is pretty cool. But I yeah, feel like I'm missing something. Like, there's a super like, obvious one. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, Shepard, why weren't you just playing as, like, a, some, you know... Who's, Again. Who's that kind guy? Of the, the pro kit. He's kind of the pro... The Shepherds are kind Rex. of the protagonists you create, though. Yeah. For the world. So you're essentially playing yourself. Why aren't I playing as Cartman? I want to play as Cartman. It's like, no, you get to be in South Park and hang out with them all. You don't yeah. have to be the guy. So No, I'm yeah. I'm actually sticking with my first answer. I would rather play as Auron than uh, Titus. Yep. That's the correct answer, apparently, because it was the first one that came to <laughs> my mind, too. So there you have it. Yeah. <laughs> what if they remade that game with a way cooler, you know, change change gaming? Square would still everything be on about top. Him was, everything about him was just cool, because even, like, when you finished a battle and he would be the one to say something, his, okay. like, victory thing was... Hmm. <laughs> like... <laughs> Dude, okay, so a little bit of honesty, transparency time. For a long yeah. time, and, like, I was saying, JRPGs was kind of what ruled my junior high brain. Uh, I would wear my coat over my one shoulder and kind of have my hand in it. 
in that way he did with like the kind of sling. You know how he always had his one arm was kind of a little weaker. Isn't that a Ronin thing? That I don't was know. something that Ronin did. Uh, like little th- Japanese thing. Where I got it from was Final Fantasy X. I was like, man, that guy's so cool. And then, you know, I have my coat kind of draped over my arm, and in my head, I was like, I'm Oren right now. It's awesome. Also, so, Final Fantasy X2 was centered around Yuna, Payne, and uh, what's her name? Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Riku? Riku. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, primarily centered around Yuna, though. But yeah. um, Donkey Kong Country 3 play as Donkey Kong. I'm going to take that one step further. Donkey Kong Country 3 play as anybody fucking else than that fucking baby. Which you could. You could play as a Dixie. Which is okay. still not great. But when it comes to the Kongs, fuck the baby. I mean, don't you don't ever fuck the baby. Yeah, but this is don't a Serbian ever... film. Like, come on. Right. Just... Breaks on that. Right. I heard about that scene. Anyway. Okay. Anyway, next voicemail. Here we go. Next Next. I was watching The Wire today, and I've been thinking about it recently with Nathan talking about The Sopranos, because binge-watching the seasons of Sopranos with my dad back when it was coming out is what eventually led us into watching The Wire. And while I do really love the early seasons of The Sopranos, and have a stronger connection to them than I might, since I'm from Jersey City, and I recognize a lot of the locations they use, The Wire is my favorite show ever. And to anyone who's never seen it, I would strongly recommend just watching like at least the very first scene. It's a show about the fall of empire and it, the tragedy of uh, people who try to make a difference in it. But the the very first scene is about this kid named Snot Boogie who just couldn't help himself. It's funny and tragic and it sets a great tone. My question for you guys is, What's your favorite opening scene from a TV show or movie or the very first moments of a video game you've played? Favorite opening scene from a TV show or movie or a video game we've played. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't hear the most of that question. The Wire favorite show ever, and then I couldn't really hear the explanation as to why. But, um... So... Can you uh, kind of reiterate, maybe, or...? Uh, I'll let you listen to it after. Because of it's kind of on my mind, yeah. Final Fantasy X, I like the opening where it's just like, it's just a normal day, gonna go play some Blitzball. Oh, fuck! <laughs> like, <laughs> I okay. like that a lot. Because for one thing, Otherworld is a great song. Where it's just like, a growly death metal song in a Final Fantasy game. And they're like, playing their Blitzball sort of thing. Then he does like his stupid fucking kick. And he just, like, looks up, and he's just like, oh, shit. And then City Destroyed, game starts. Kind of thing. Mm-hmm. What about you? Opening sort of opening scene of a game, or just show, did you game. say? Oh, any. Oh, okay. Um, I kind of like, oh, like, you know me, Serious Man? I kind of liked how that started. Okay, yeah. With the Dybbuk story. Like, it's just kind of this weird horror thing that happens, and it's like, what does this have to do? And then it just cuts to the 60s, and there's this math professor. Like, it's just weird. Like, I, I, I've been trying to, like, narratively connect it. Like, is it, like, foreshadowing thing? Is it, like, some sort of weird, 
just like ominous tone setting like what is what is this function but i love it whatever it is it's it's really weird um man i'm trying to think if there's kind of some other stuff where it just grabs your your attention right away back in the um, day resident evil definitely grabbed your attention because it was a cutscene where it's just like they're running away from this pack of dogs that's wanting to rip them apart and ripped apart their uh helicopter pilot mm-hmm. and then like, from there it's just like a cold open into this is the game now sort of thing i mean for tv show like i like the theme song stuff in sopranos i don't remember what the very opening shot was i think it was probably him in therapy or something which isn't like oh james gandolfini sitting in a chair it's so amazing it's like whatever um but that the theme song is still fun to watch. Like I just let it play every time I watch an episode. It's I don't skip it because it's just so. Cool to see. Hebrew Lantern in the chat saying the open at it opening cinematic of Pokemon Blue. What that made me remember that I actually enjoyed a lot more so than the actual series was the opening of the very first episode of the Pokemon anime. And what I really liked about that was how it was like the little battle scene that happens on. Um, the original Pokemon Red and Blue sort of thing with the like music and whatever and the Pokemon bouncing back and forth and then it goes into animation sort of thing and then it's like a Pokemon battle on the television. I've mm-hmm. really liked that. I've always liked how they did that. I'm putting in the chat um, the opening to Super Mario RPG I really liked. Okay. Like just like it's just like the kind of trailer music introducing characters and stuff but i love it it's just cool song and yeah i don't know that is just a fun fun little opening thing um i guess this kind of came up as a reddit question like a favorite opening scene from a movie or whatever and it was this weird thing where it's like the first one that came to my mind was in glorious bastards which was the most upvoted one but then i felt bad because i was like the film snob in me should have said 2001 a space odyssey so mm-hmm. There's a weird elitist crisis I had, but I do like that opening scene in Glorious Bastards too, with Christoph Waltz in the pipe. It's pretty good. Do you remember? Uh, vaguely. It's him talking to that French farmer, and then there's dudes hidden under the floorboards. Yeah. And stuff. Okay. Yeah. yeah it, it's just I don't know. It just is a, a a cool way to introduce that character, and you kind of get a sense of what he's all about over the course of like that one conversation. Um, sure. Yeah, uh, but the 2001 thing with the, you know, Dawn of Man, all that stuff, pretty iconic business, and I just, I've that movie I like more and more as I see it subsequently, and seeing it in big screen was definitely where that movie belongs, so that, that was kind of a pretty awesome experience last time I saw it, um, so I'll say that one as well. For t- TV shows, though, especially, like, the first opening shots of a show, like, typically the pilot episode isn't you know, the best episode of that show. Like, they're still figuring things out, getting cast chemistry and all that. Like, the one I can think of is maybe Twin Peaks, but it's not the first shot. But it's when Jack Nance discovers the body. Like, that's pretty awesome stuff. But I think the first shot isn't that. It's actually, like, just him getting some coffee and getting ready to go fishing or something, which isn't quite the same. Um, That show's great, though. Um, In... Some of it is great. The first season is great. And parts of the second season. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. The opening theme to Attack on Titan. The first half. Yeah, Yeah. no, you know what I mean. Of course. 
the yeah. real opening theme. Yeah. Not that other thing. Because, like, it doesn't even matter what's going to happen in the episode. You're already ready to go when that theme's done. Mm-hmm. In fact, that theme, I actually play sometimes in my headphones when I'm, like, playing Diablo or something. <laughs> like, random games to make it seem to have that much more gravitas to it, right? Where it's like, no, this is an epic thing happening right now. That's how good that intro theme is. Um... Uh, <sighs> yeah, it's it's pretty it's quite something. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh that's probably good, right? Should we go on yeah. the next one? There yeah, we go. Next one. Nathan, I don't know if you've played any more Danganronpa yet, but having played it all the way through and having listened to you talk about what you love about the Zero Escape games, I could tell that Danganronpa was at least initially frustrate you. And I didn't even think about it from the setup point of view, but it's just it's almost a completely linear game and is way more in common with a Phoenix Wright game with social links. And while I do recommend it, you have to go in with a different attitude. So I thought I'd rec- also recommend a different game that does do branching pathways in the sort of the way you've talked about them. Although I would take issue with you describing it as a difference between uh, Eastern and Western development since straight linear stories are such a, such a big thing in Japan. And the game I'd recommend is Radiant Historia for the DS. It's a game where you have the ability to travel on your own history from gates that open at key moments, mostly traveling on two major timelines one where you're an intelligence officer and the other where you join the regular army. And there are a lot of smaller branches within those major timelines that all stem from decisions you make, and the game will always at least let you know how that turns out. And the side quests are all about things that make you the, the game encourage you to see everything it has to offer. The gameplay is kind of traditional turn-based with three-person party RPG, turn-based combat, but your attacks are all based on enemy positioning along a 3x3 grid which at least makes it fresh it's a good game okay I, I, I heard the first part about Danganronpa is more of a just linear story game more like a Phoenix Wright or something so adjust expectations accordingly um, and then I, I, he took some issue with my East versus West like East does it like this and West doesn't which isn't not exactly what I I don't know Zero Escape's better than Telltale's entire catalog. That's all I was really saying. I haven't even played it, and I agree, probably. Yeah. So That's all I really was, I guess, should ultimately say more specific. It just sounds mean when you say it's specific like that. You're just like, these guys aren't as good as these other guys, but I guess I'll just be more clear about it so I'm not disparaging a whole group of people. Um, What was the game he recommended, though? Radiant Story? Radiant... Radiant, uh, Radiant Historia or something? Radiant Historia? Okay. Is that it? I actually didn't hear it very well either, that part. Radiant Historia is a role-playing game on DS, so that sounds right. Um, So maybe you'll look into that then. Role-playing game published by Atlas. uh, Atlas staff work on Tensei, Persona 3. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, Time travels in it, so that's already a Zero Escape-esque thing. Okay, I'll I'll look into this game. I've not known much about it at all, but okay. Single player game. That's my favorite kind. So cool. <laughs> it's because you're I, a loner, I'm, a lone yeah, wolf. Exactly. One I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed a lot of that question. I wasn't able to hear it. So it's doing that weird thing where it wanders away. 
partway through again. So Skype has updated since last week. So maybe it's something weird with that. I don't know. But um, yeah. anything later in that question that is was there a specific question question stuff or he describes uh, what's good about it and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I, I yeah. wasn't able to hear that, but cool. I, I will look into it. Um, and yeah, sorry to make that more of a general disparagement of a certain kind of writing in a whole region. I really just meant Walking Dead season two, episode two was garbage compared to, compared to Virtue's Last Reward. That's all. See, I you are racist. Hate yeah, speech. Exactly. <laughs> Virtue's Last Reward is so much better. And not that they're comparable because it's an entire game versus an episode of a thing, but whatever. Um, I played them the same week, so that's why that happened. Ready for the last one? Yep. Okay, I'll see if I can cater it to you better. Here we go. Okay. All right, I'm going to tell you about five horrible movies I've watched on Netflix last year. And I want you to, based on these summaries, I want you to tell me which one do you think would be the worst, which one do you think would piss you off the most. Which miss? It's a Prince and the Pauper-like story about a Jewish kid obsessed with Christmas who switches places with a kid who gets dumber as the movie goes along to the point of being mentally handicapped, and he was on his way to Christmas Town. The main kid is immensely punchable. The movie is amazingly anti-Semitic with its reliance on Jewish stereotyping. Also, Elliot Gould is in it for some reason. There's Guardians of the Lost Code, generic animated kids get magical animals movie, and it was made in Mexico. It goes for the humans stopped believing in magic trope, and the English version has possibly the worst voice acting I've ever heard. Space Dogs, Russian CG movie about the first animals to survive orbital trip. I remember it was awful, but at this point, every aspect about it has escaped my memory. Disco Worms. Uses a world about worms and bugs to tell a story about white people overcoming racism. Awful CG animation. The Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars. Stupider than you expect an animated movie about personified appliances going to Mars to rescue a baby. Horrendous songs, and the moral of the story is all about how great it is to be a slave. Okay. How did that go? That was still pretty choppy. Um, but you hear all of it, though. Uh, not yes? on a, no. <laughs> really? Yeah, right. sorry. But I have the titles. I've heard kind of a little bits here and there of, of some of the descriptions. Um, Guardians of the Last Cove sounded maybe the most boring, you know? Mm-hmm. Which, I, I don't, like, honestly, it's just kind of like, I can, Trainwreck Bad is at least interesting, so... Like, it can be funny in spite of the movie kind of thing, whereas that just sounded like I would find that the most tedious. Brave Little Toaster Goes to Mars, though, is probably the one that would piss me off the most because a substandard sequel to something I care about sounds bad. So, yeah. That's kind of my read on it. But, again, I'm sorry I couldn't hear as well as I would like to to make an informed read on this whole thing. Informed um, read? Yeah, an informed... (laughs) They all sound bad. Yeah, Switch Miss, that title. Switch Space miss. Dog sounds kind of like that should be entertaining or funny, but I guess I tried to watch Space Chimps, which was pretty terrible. Remember that movie? It, it was like an it was animated movie. like the same thing, probably. It was like Andy Samberg was the voice of the goofy one, and yeah, it was a pretty pretty low 
quality. So yeah, that was an animated movie. What 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 about you? What is your uh, take on these movies? You could hear it, so. Hmm. I don't know. They all sound bad, but Brave Little Toaster might take it for me. For because worst I love and piss off or what? Because I love the first one so much. Yeah. That from what it sounds like is just absolutely terrible and just a waste of time. Yeah. And kind of weird. <laughs> Like, just like that weird. seems more fantastical than it should be. Like in that one, it's just like a bunch of appliances try to find their owner and end up in like junkyards and like you know places appliances might go. Like we're going to Mars. Just sounds zany. Like in a stupid way. Like how would that even happen? Yeah, I don't even think they get in a space shuttle or something. If I recall from like the box art, it's just them kind of like flying through the sky in like a shopping cart or something. Like it's like that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, <laughs> Brave cool. Sister. There you go. That sorry that got choppy and weird at the end there, but that's just what happened. Technical difficulties. We'd have the little kind of graphic of the guy shrugging, and there's like a broken toaster or something. That would be technical <laughs> difficulties. <laughs> Broken, Broken toaster. toaster, yeah, because you know that movie. Brave little toaster, yeah. Brave little toaster in stores now. You just like smash the toaster, and somehow that's the technical difficulties with internet video and sound. I guess. Why not? I was. That's I how we put everything together. Emailing us apparently, or well, voicemailing, and brave little toaster oh, was the correct answer, so we did it. We were right. Oh, that was him. Okay, yeah. very cool. Yeah, I hadn't heard anything from him before, so thank you very much for for everybody sending your stuff in. And it's always nice to hear a few new voices on there. And if anybody else listening to this afterwards or in the chat right now ever wanted to do so. Got a question or comment for the show? You can email us at podcast at pixelresponse.com or leave a voicemail using the voicemail feature on the right side of the main page. On Twitter, you can reach Nathan at Krasnor and Paul at Exposure. Be sure to check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash thepixelresponse and visit pixelresponse.com for more. That's something you won't hear in the post-production. Congratulations, guys. You did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you made Editing. it. All the problems that we had here, you will probably not hear unless I get super lazy. Mm-hmm. But... Hashtag Krashole. I think that has to be the new thing. What was Murphy? What Pokemon was Murphy? Uh, Sentret. It was a Sentret? Yeah. Okay, because I am probably going to design another shirt that says Murphy Hype. Okay. <laughs> and put a Sentret on it, or like ears or something to let you know. Yeah. Murphy Hype. Great look for that coming soon i guess okay thanks for the mug it's awesome get yours today